Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, November 19th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 204. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and joining me, Natalie Watson. Hi, hi. Patrick Klepek. Da Bears. What? Rob's Don't Worry About It. Rob Zachy, we're going to keep on moving. Hey, almost can't see you from up here in first place. Okay, how, and how are things st- down there? Straight from anime hell, Kato is here with us. Hi, how are you doing Kato? I'm doing We're gonna all right. Ignore the Bears fans, <laughs> sure. This week, and instead, I want you to tell me you you went to an anime convention this weekend. I did. I can still see the glow of anime on you. Yeah, <laughs> I can still see you are still beaming. It with was the power. It was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. So it was an anime convention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was what was it? Where, where, where um, were you? So it was, I was at Anime NYC, mm. Javits Center here in New York. Um, if you've ever been to Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, it is the exact same spot, but like only half of it because it's a smaller con, but still pretty big. Um, and it was really great. There were some really great panels that I went to on uh, all sorts of topics like, you know, inclusivity and diversity and... Cool where to find, like, here's some good stories in anime and manga about, uh, you know, LGBTQ+, and, which is hard to find usually. Like, yeah, and yeah. they've really delved into, like, things as, uh, like, uh, early as, like, the 70s. Like, there's stuff that was, like, very, like, nascent, like, early stuff cool. that is still good. Um, but, like, and then there was also, like, a booth selling body pillows that had to be censored with pieces of paper taped over, you know, Hell yeah. bits. Natalie is here for <laughs> body pillows. Kato is like, set these beautiful creatures free, ripping no. the tape off. God damn it. <laughs> Look, no that, one, that one car, it was an accident. I didn't see the <laughs> deliveries when you pick them. They're very uh-huh. small on the screen. And then, like, I didn't turn the model all the way around no. when I was previewing the it. The past is the past. The future is the future. Live your best waifu life live your best life <laughs> is what i'll say uh was there any like important takeaways other than you brought me a gundam yeah probably a gundam so that burlap sack it wasn't a burlap sack the whole sack was made of a bigger body pillow <laughs> it was like a fucking snorlax but like for the, it's like a snorlax oh waifu Fuck, please. Someone, there has to be a Snorlax body pillow. There's a Snorlax like body pillow. Like yeah. Like the biggest body pillow imaginable. There's definitely some like I'm trying to Snorlax rest my head on a Snorlax belly. That's Hell what I'm yeah. trying to do. You can buy, oh, that you reminded can buy... me. I witnessed history. Oh. I saw, sorry. No, I saw someone <laughs> actually win a claw game. Whoa. Like, oh, and they, they won a win. Snorlax. Hell yeah. It was awesome. It was a weird like Japanese claw game where it's like, a Snorlax hanging, like, suspended off of a ring that was balancing on a stick. So, 
Could one to... say he was just helping everybody by by holding on to them because he, he's so strong? That guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that fucking Borlax. Oh my god. That's Snorlax. Did you guys ever see the that Reddit post about the guy from the guy who like m- like manages a claw machine? No. No. It's just like the most frustrating thing in the world because he like goes into the detail of how claw machines actually work. Yeah. Which is they don't. Which is that they're they're cheat they're lying. Yeah. They're not that like the claw pressure is set to only be strong enough one every hundred pays. Right. To actually grab oh, something. Oh, that's infuriating. Yeah, yep. dog. Uh-huh. And here's here's the interesting thing about this this particular machine is that you're basically trying to knock this like supposedly precariously uh, set like thing like off. It's not like the traditional grab like pickup one. It's a weird like you have to like knock into this ring to knock it off this stick, and the the Snorlax is like hanging off the ring. Oh, it's kind of weird. weird. Yeah, it's yeah, very strange. There's all sorts of new weird I'm machines. Upset. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is from like eight years ago or something like I that. I cannot it's a Kotaku story believe about it. It's all a lie. Uh huh. Why? Yes, lie. those claw machines are rigged, says Arcade Operator. Yep. Uh, so look that up. I thought, you know, maybe it was positioning. I mean, I think that's a situation where you could theoretically win with the lower pressure, the lower right. PSI. If you like, but you really need, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, there was uh, no the, meta, Natalie. There was no. There was. <laughs> you didn't need to get up to speed. All those uh, articles, all that training. Yeah, for 11 to 12 tries, it'll apply 4 to 6 PSI or just enough to shuffle it or barely pick it up. During the 1 in 12 tries, the claw will apply 9 to 11, sometimes picking it up and dropping, some successful. So even the, like, this is the good turn is still fucking bad. <laughs> it's still not good enough to guarantee a win. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Fuck that shit. I just thought of that video of the uh, two girls with magnets. Have you seen? No. With, there's, like, a claw machine, but the... There's something magnetic in the toys. Oh shit! And they, they just magneted it? it out. Hell yes! <laughs> and Fuck had yes. like 50, 60 plushies, and we're just magneting everything <laughs> out. That's and then was like one was pretending to claw, and then the other one is just <laughs> magneting them out. So anyway, scammers are out here, and I love them. I love them um, too. I guess speaking of anime, speaking of scams, uh, no, it's not, it's not, no. it's not. Uh, we, we, Kato, you and I went to go see Smash, uh, what is the full name of this Smash game? Why have I ultimate. Played? Just Ultimate. Because it has Super Smash every past Brothers. character. Super Smash the Brothers. The Brothers, the Ultimates. The Ultimates. <laughs> the Ultimates is the new Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has every Smash character from the past Smashes, plus yep. some new ones, a ton of new stages, or yeah. a ton of a ton of old stages, a couple of new stages. Uh, we went and saw uh, at an event. We played with all the characters. We played with all the characters. Yeah, we all sat down and <laughs> like what? went through it. No, we played all the new characters. I'd say. Which yeah. can we name them? Can we name all the new uh, characters? Ridley, Ridley, Incineroar. Uh huh. Incineroar, who's great. Incineroar so is a wrestling Pokemon. Very good. So good. And I know cat. him. Uh, and uh, has a big the cat. Cost, not like Big the Cat costume, but a Big the Cat color, color scheme. Yeah. Um, really? Which is sick. Yeah. And also, we'll talk about it later, but there is a straight up Big the Cat stage in this game. Yeah. Um, that is Simon from Castlevania, right? I thought you say Psyduck. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I wish Psyduck was in this Damn, game. It yeah. is probably, but not in, in the a Pokemon somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Simon Belmont and is it Trevor? Who's the yeah. other Belmont? Richter. 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 Richter there not you go. Trevor. Please. Uh, who else? <laughs> um, There's somebody else. Oh, King K. Rule. Yeah, King K. Rule. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on that. I feel like there's one. We did get more. to play as the Piranha Plant. I'm so excited for that, but yeah, they didn't have that at uh, 
at the event. I think it's still a way out. Yeah. yeah. It'll be DLC. Um, and then we also got to play a couple different modes, or there were a couple different modes on display. Yeah. Um, there was, like, the we played a lot of the competitive regular, like, four-player regular Smash. Yeah. I watched people play some competitive Smash, and then I only got a chance to watch people play the new World of Light mode, which yeah. is, like, their single-player campaign, I guess, is what I'd say. Yeah. Um, I, in my mind, I was going in expecting something like what was the subspace, subspace emissary, emissary yeah, yeah which was like a single player story driven right. cutscenes lots yeah. of interaction and they've said that this will have some cutscenes in it but it actually just feels like a version of something like a soul caliber um like mission mode right. where it is a huge collection of stages yeah. that has they're kind of gimmick like they're kind of like right. gimmick fights where you go into you go into uh, let's just start with like here's a gimmick fight one of them was an Eevee stage, but Eevee's not in this game, right? So, like, how do you how do you do a stage where you fight Eevee? You fight differently colored were they Yoshi's? Yoshis? They yeah. were Yoshis, except like one was one was regular, or and then one was red, and one was yellow, and one was blue to look yeah. kind of like Flareon, yeah. Volteon, and Jolteon. Jolteon. Close Jolteon. enough. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> and Vaporeon. Vaporeon. Yeah. Like, I can name some other ones. Yeah, sure. But not, I Flareon. About, I can talk about Umbreon. That's okay. not it. Espeon. Espeon. That one's good. That's good. What's the what's the real cute one? The fairy one. The fairy oh, the one. Fairy one. Uh, uh, Eevee. <laughs> uh, fairy Eevee. Fairy. Anyway, so it's like, yeah, oh, you're going to fight these things, and maybe yeah. they'll have electricity powers because this one's yellow. Maybe right. this one will have a cut and, with a fire flower because it's supposed exactly. to be a fire one. Yeah. Um, and then the thing that they actually do on top of that is they say, like, okay, well, if you win, you get a sticker. Maybe you get an Eevee sticker. And an Eevee sticker might say something like – it's like a it's like a passive bonus that you get, basically. And it's just like, oh, all of your throws do extra damage or something. This is right. bullshitting. I don't know that that's what the Eevee sticker says. Yeah. I'm sure there's a collection already online of what all the various stickers say, even though the game is now yeah. Um And then what you end up doing is having stages where they – almost demand that you put together a sticker build, a build of passive abilities to go fight this character. Right. Um, huh. Yeah. Like, yeah, it seems really, like, a lot, like, it gives, like, a new, like, layer on top of the normal smashing, apart from, like, this fun, like, oh, look at this cameo that they were able to, like, kind of, you know, half put into the game, even though the character isn't actually in there. I mean, and those are wild. Yeah. Those have some yeah. stuff in there, because, like, it's a lot of characters that you assume would show up here, right? So it's, like, Koopa Troopa yeah. shows up as a as a sticker or, like, right. shy yeah. guy. Like, okay, yeah, totally. Ganon is here as a sticker. Yeah. Awesome. And but then there's also... I, what's that guy's name? There was, like... What was it, like is the, game, the name of that game Danger Report or something? Something like that. There's a, a Wii game about, like, d- a disaster something yeah. relief. Oh disaster God, I can't relief, remember is that this what guy. it's called? <laughs> was, this, was the guy's name Jeff? Disaster Day of Crisis. What's his name? Uh... There was just straight up, dude. You have to understand that he just looked like a regular ass dude. His yeah. name is Raymond Bryce. Raymond. I want everyone on on the internet or listening to us right now to just Google Raymond Bryce. Just because it's a guy. the default image. It's like the image of him. It's it's this image here. It's the image that comes up when you search for Raymond <laughs> Bryce of a dude in like khakis and a black t-shirt, Damn. looking like anime Vinny Caravella over here, <laughs> and he. It's just in the mix of characters. He's like, oh, there's Rosalina, and there's like, you know. Uh, Everyone is here, including, including Raymond, Raymond, Raymond Bryce. Bryce. Hey, Raymond Bryce, Mr. Black t-shirt. <laughs> um, and it's and I forget what bonus he gives you. I don't even know. Like yeah. Something about stage hazards, probably. Yeah. I, I, don't I can't know. believe they took my favorite Nintendo RPG, Paper <laughs> Mario, uh-huh. ruined it with stickers, yeah. and then brought that mechanic to fucking Smash. They brought it to Smash, <laughs> hell yeah. 
Um, and so it's that stuff seems neat. Like yeah. it doesn't seem. I definitely would have not preferred. I, I have to play it. I have to like really play it because yeah, it seems yeah. like there's a lot there to yeah. play. Which I got confirmation on a thing where is that each individual sticker that exists in the game does have its own fight. Jesus, yeah. there's like a ton of stickers yeah. and there's a ton of stages there. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Um, that makes sense. I feel like that's like a neat way of just having a lot of single player stuff to do. Right. As someone who is probably not going to play that much of this game multiplayer, right. yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's also a thing that's like. Is that what long-term Smash players want? Like, I don't know. You, right. You've played a lot of Smash. Have you played a lot of Smash, Natalie, or, or Rob I've or played... Patrick on the call? Are you Smash fans? Are you Smashers? Smashers. Are you Smashers? I think Nintendo's hooking it up for the lonely kids out there. Hell yeah. yeah. You know? True. Pour Just one out give... for the lonely kids. <laughs> Just giving them <laughs> a lot of content to, pl- to play with so that they don't have to play with friends. Christmas yeah. morning. I'm ready to go. Back-to-back <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> Finally, a game for Natalie. You know what the fuck it is. You already know what the fuck it is. I'm depressed. Anyway. Oh, God. oh same. Uh, anyway. Uh, true. True. You guys smash. We played as Isabel. Also, Isabel. Speaking of things that help my depression, Isabel, Isabel is in the game, yeah. and she's great. Is she fun to play? I didn't actually play as her. No, I, I, did, I didn't. Did. Okay, well, wow, somebody you, else. One of the we other played people played against Isabel. Yeah. yeah. Um, she seems dope. You invited uh, her to play, but she made excuses. She said she had other plans. <laughs> she's she'll, busy. She'll touch back. She'll touch she's base with you later. She's busy right now. She works she's, for the mayor. She like, is. She is. Come on. She is. Come the mayor. on. She is the mayor. She's got a lot going <laughs> Let's on. Let's be real. <laughs> um, what did you think, though, then, Kato, as someone who has played a lot of Smash over the years? I mean, I really. It is like I don't see what else. Maybe this is just like for lack of imagination, but like this feels like a good way to spend a lot of time alone in Smash is, like, having to deal with, having to, like, think about, like, the loadout, mm-hmm. basically, is interesting. Having to, like, or, like, guessing or, like, wondering, like, oh, I know that that sticker's in this game. I wonder what the fight is going to be like. And then, like, yeah. being able to finally find it and be like, oh, that's surprising how they, like, implemented this. I'm really curious about, like, the ways they implement all the different characters in there. Um, like, for example, one that I thought was really, really funny, uh, I forget her name, but the female owl who's red in Animal Crossing. Ah. What's her name? You got her? I can't remember. Not I don't blabbers. know why Hootie is coming to my <laughs> head. It ain't Hootie. I don't think it's her Hootie. Name. Or, nope. Uh-uh. She's upstairs. <laughs> what is her name? Uh, Don't tell me if you see it. Do you know what Blather's name is in, in Japanese? Huh. Hooter. What? Apparently. Well, that's why that's Hooter get... and the Blowfish, yeah. my that's, favorite yeah. band. So Blowfish. Her name is Blowfish. Her name yeah. is not Blowfish. Uh, it's. Do you have it? I will in a second. Yeah, I got it. Do you want a hint? First letter. C. Mm, nope, You're out. not going to get it. It's not a particularly... No. Celeste. Oh, Celeste. I could have had it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, not at all, Patrick. Not at all. <laughs> Damn it. I knew that was a name I've heard Cotto, before. You say <laughs> Celeste. Well, so in Animal Crossing, the owls are always falling asleep because you're usually playing during the daytime and it's got a real-time oh, clock. Right, sure. And so Celeste is always falling asleep in the game. So the fight is a Jigglypuff that only does the move where it falls asleep. And right. for people who haven't played Smash before, oh, that move, cute. if you're touching someone while you fall asleep, it's a very powerful move that if anyone is over, like, halfway, like, think of it as 
as HP. If like their their bar is halfway down, it will instantly kill them. It's very hard to pull off though. So but so all, that fight, yeah. is, so that really fight is very funny yeah. to watch. Yeah. All that Jigglypuff does is sleep. That's and yeah. but the AI is actually very like it's good at it. Yeah. It like they didn't they made it so that it's actually kind of a it's a like challenge. playing to win with rest yes. basically, which yeah, is really exactly. cool. I'm, yeah, I'm super curious to see all those different stages. I think it's a really fun way to like do. Like shout outs to the smaller shout outs uh, to smaller <laughs> shout outs to smaller. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so it's a really cool way to include a bunch of characters who would otherwise just be completely ignored or yeah. like resigned to like a, a, a trophy. And right. Like oh cool, uh, they mentioned like whoever my favorite lesser known Star Fox character yeah. is. Sure. Yeah, sure. That know, feels like Leon. the goal. <laughs> Feel like the goal? Yeah, to like. Oh, to, to be like, a Star Fox character. No, 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 Star- that sounds like the goal in life. <laughs> am I right? No, I just mean like, in the way that they've been, um, uh, all the like different directs throughout I like the past saying. few months have really been about like having the battles of your dreams or yeah. like yeah. really capitalizing on like the creativity of. Uh, the Nintendo universe yeah, totally, and just totally and just like yeah totally I mean yeah it's called ultimate it's all of Nintendo that you love in one game as much as they could possibly cram in there yeah. and they got a lot of weird so pulls too to like yeah yeah, yeah. Stages like in cool. Raymond <laughs> um yeah yeah I really love the the um New Donk City stage a lot. Mm, uh, yeah. I like the stage transition stuff where you can you can have it kind of bounce between multiple stages. I'm I'm always going to like the part of this game that is more about like wackiness mm. than about being like, a I, I really enjoy watching competitive Smash and I'm super curious to see if this finds right. legs in that way. Yeah. Um, how do you like it as just like a Smash game? Like it's it felt and like maybe this is because I've been away from a little bit, but it felt slower than I remembered. Uh, a lot of like, there's like a lot of, uh, at least, it, I mean, here's the other thing. I played a lot of slow characters. I played Ridley, I played Incineroar. And yeah. Incineroar those... is so good. Inci- like, yeah. I cannot explain how cool it is to have a giant cat that is who's also a giant wrestler. Just doing wrestling moves. Um, and right, the and, great bit. And in fact, the, there's a big, the cat spirit. They're called oh, spirits. Yeah, yeah. I call, I was calling them stickers. They're called spirits, spirits. Mm-hmm. but they're, they're like stickers. Um, they look like stickers. I guess they look like stickers. Yeah. Well, some of them. Well, no. Some of them aren't. Flat. Yeah, why right? are they saying stickers? Because the ones that are flat are Wait, a what lot the of them. fuck? You've been talking about spirits this whole time? Spirits. spirits. Oh my god. Whatever. Okay. Talking about practice. Talking about practice. <laughs> uh, Here's spirits. the sound bite to put over every time Austin says stickers. Spirits. Thank you. Yeah, just <laughs> fix that. I'm going to edit post. that, yeah. Um, uh, there was a Big the Cat spirit, right. which is a fight against Incineroar, Incineroar. in the Big the Cat. That's awesome. Skin. Colors, Colors yeah. yeah. Which is very good. Um, um it, yeah. It felt like those characters had a lot of like recovery and like Incineroar specifically, in, every time you do a move with Incineroar, it does it strikes a like wrestling pose, which is like great as a bit, but also supposed to like balance out how strong it is. Right. But it's also a thing that I'm not used to because mm-hmm. I usually play like Link or other characters with a little more range and like a little mm-hmm. a little faster recovery. Um they broke Link for me, which is sad, but I'll Get You'll over learn. it. Yeah, I'll you just learn. I'll learn. The way, like the bombs work, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. But that's a big thing. I know it's a big it's thing. a very big thing for it. me. It's like you know, I used to use it. You would, I would always be throwing out bombs and boomerangs to like you know hold people. Like yeah, my neutral game was right? all yeah, about yeah, yeah. like getting as many hits as I could up before they get to me, and then like you know, 
And the bombs now are remote bombs. Like yes, the they're like in Breath of the Wild. You throw them, and then you have to detonate them separately, yeah. which sounds like cool if you know how to use it right. But, but... I was not. Yeah. And like, it doesn't even explode when you hit like a person directly. Oh, you right, like still have to, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's yeah. different. It's very different. That happens in Zelda too. Yeah. To be fair. Man, mm-hmm. I watched a friend of mine play like four hours of Breath of the Wild this weekend. That game's still good as hell. Yeah. Um. Any other Smash thoughts? I don't know. I'm excited. It's going to be fun, I think. But like, I'm most interested to get this home so I can play my brother because we have a longstanding rivalry. Oh, shit. And we're the, we, when we get home, it's always the like Final Destination no items okay, so it's situation. Like, so that will be when you come back and you're like, you'll be able to say, oh, this is good. Or yeah, this or like, is this is, yeah. But even then, I'm like, I'm not like anywhere near competition level, obviously. Right, so but we'll see you at Evo. I, yeah, right. Uh, so that's good. I'm excited for I'm that. Dylan will speaking, be a doc. Real, <laughs> real quick, speaking of fighting games, I played uh, Dragon Ball Fighters at at Anime NYC, and, like, I was the freest motherfucker there. Like, I could not. God. Like, I got, like, a quarter of one person's bar off, and yeah. they were like, Get the good, fuck out good of game. Here. I mean, they were nice. They were nice. Okay, It was a good, good. community. Um, <laughs> so speaking of Nintendo and speaking of Switch... Uh, Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee, and Pikachu. To the polls. Let's Pokemon <laughs> Let's Go to the polls is out here. I, we I did. You know we did. I we already did polls. it. I want to make a correction. I Someone, someone, uh, friend of the site, Scott, wrote in. Uh, there's a lot of friends of the site named Scott in retrospect. I'm not going to give a last name. And was like, yo, you said that Michelle, you said that Hillary Clinton said when, when they go low, we go high. That was Michelle Obama while campaigning for Hillary Clinton. Apologies. But... Pokemon, let's go to the polls. <laughs> uh, tell me about Pokemon, Eevee, Pikachu. I'm Eevee. I'm Pikachu. Damn, we got them both here. Hell yeah. All right, well, we're at the polls. Why should I play Eevee versus Pikachu? Uh, oh, you should word. play Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you Typical give a Pika, bro. <laughs> I could not hear what Rob just Rob just oh, said. Oh really? Something. Yeah, Rob I, just said typical Pika bro. <laughs> <laughs> um God damn running it. those ops, Putin. <laughs> God damn it. Um, uh, <laughs> so I for the reason that Kato said in, oh, yeah. in chat the other day. But okay, Evie, Wait, what was the reason that Kato said in chat the other day? Kato said that you can't really see the clothes on Evie because Evie has like this very large collar of fur, yeah. and so whenever and always you're wearing on all fours, it's yeah. Rough. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Really. Why did you say the that? Like, zoologist has logged on. Experience the pokeologist. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, but- so you can't see the outfits on Evie. When she, you can kind of see them, kind right? Of. You can't. Oh, I was like, no. no. I thought you were looking at Evie. I was about to be. I'm trying to find an Evie. Um, image, you can't ahead. really see them, but you can see her the the hats, which are cute. Yes. So I have my Evie dressed up like me, and I'm dressed up like my Evie right now. Yeah. And it's mad cute. It's so adorable. Not right now in real oh, life. Oh, I was like a hoodie. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? In the game. Yeah, Evie, <laughs> huge Lakers fan. <laughs> I can't believe they they added them. Bunch of la- official Lakers merch. I can't believe your your Evie is wearing a LeBron jersey. <laughs> After Jr. blew that, I got no choice but to take my talents to New Donk City. <laughs> wow, this really got away from me. Evie doing the like that shrug at 
Fuck me. I just think it's really, you know, I have various issues with charter schools, but I think Evie deciding to open up a school <laughs> is just, it's a sign of what you could do. You can give back to the community. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Evie can learn um, a bunch of special moves called Bubbly Ball and Blitzy Blizz, Blitzy Buzz, Buzzy Buzz, uh, and Fiery fi- Fires. So it's like instead of becoming... Yeah, this EV. So jol- what I've understood. What? Yeah. What? Instead of jolteoning, um, EV. Don't patronize me. <laughs> no, that wasn't patronizing. Uh-huh. That was me just trying to get one more laugh out of the joke you've already okay. made. Okay, fair. <laughs> fair. Um, you. There are move tutors like throughout the game that. You you can learn as many of these as you want, so you're not limited to just one. Okay. So right now my. Evie can do has like a thunder of water. The water move is cool because the water move also uh, heals, so it like does damage and heals you. Um, and then a thunder move and a fire move. Oh, so, we should super quick just say explain what, what, yeah what this is. Thank you because it's so it's it's uh, Pokemon Yellow essentially a mm-hmm. remake a straight remake, um, which is the world from Pokemon Red. Red. Yeah. Except that in yellow, you had a Pikachu following behind you, and Team Rocket were the Team Rocket from the anime series, which they are in this as well. And gotcha. you can catch a Bulbasaur in the wild. Oh, damn. Can you catch all the starters in the yeah, wild? Yeah, you can get all the starters now. Mm-hmm. Um, Except Pikachu, if you're playing, if you're playing Eevee. Eevee. If you're well, playing. you can still get a Pikachu. Yeah, I got Pikachu. Oh, yeah, well, Pikachus are... So wait, what differs these two versions, other than what you start well, with? Well, there's a version uh, well, exclusive. Well, so your partner Pokemon gotcha. is specific. Like Pokemon Yellow, you had a Pikachu. Yeah. Who followed you around? Yeah, and this one you can have a Pikachu or an Eevee. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Eevee will not ever transform. Will not ever. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I believe. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, I don't think you can give I think either that's of the them point. the stones. Can oh. you pick a different partner Pokemon? Like, could you be rolling around with a Growlithe or like? Well, what? on top of the Pokemon that is sitting on your head, you also have. Or a on Pokemon. your shoulder, if you have Pikachu. Or on your shoulder, if you have Pikachu. Um, you also can get any of your Pokemon to follow you around. And I always choose, like, the most uh, unsettling Pokemon in my party to follow me around. So right now I have Drowsy Good. following me around. Drowsy is creepy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> for people who don't know Drowsy, and if you're an artist at home, I want you to do that thing where you just listen to this description and draw it and okay, send it Okay, think in. of an elephant. All right, got it in my head, an elephant. Okay, uh, top half yellow. Top half. What's the top half of an elephant? Would a dog wear pants like this just, or like this? Yeah. Just listen. Top half yellow, bottom half brown, uh, trunk half. What? Uh, what do you mean trunk ears, half? Ears, none. Standing up. You do. That's what drowsy looks yeah, like. Yeah, okay. Trunk. You do realize it's. Truncated. Yeah, that's what that word means. That's what it m- means mm-hmm. when you're trunk half. And then that turns Dr- into a hypno. Why did I Jazzy's, not know? Jazzy's a, it's an anteater. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it? It is. Well, what is an anteater if not a small, a, a small earless elephant? elephant? Yeah. Also, Natalie. What's up? Yo, my guy has ears. <laughs> Does it? I just said small. Oh, very small. What did I say? Very none? Small. I thought you said ears. Very none. Small. Oh. <laughs> okay, ears grow back just a little bit. Just a or little is it bit. a tapir? It could be a tapir. Yeah. Um, anyway, I ain't a fucking pokeologist or a zoologist, apparently. <laughs> but um, 
more about this game. <clears throat> when you walk around, you no longer are accosted by mystery Pokemon in the wild. You can see the Pokemon in real life in the game. <laughs> and so when you see a rare Pokemon, you can just run up to it unless another Pokemon runs in front of you first. And then you have to. Okay. So like normally in Pokemon, you have the situation where it's just random battles. You're walking yeah, through tall so grass you... and then like, yeah. a, uh, I almost said a centipede jumps to you. <laughs> There aren't centipedes. A caterpie. A caterpie is what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Or what's the bad caterpie? Weedle. Weedle? Oh, fucking weedle. Bad as in, like, like evil? <laughs> evil, yeah. Like gross, Weedles. I guess. Hey, you kind of cute. You got a yeah, cute okay. little nose. It's fine. Uh, jumps you, and it's like, oh, I'm in a random jumps battle. Jumps you. Pokemon out yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, dog. Straight up. In the Pokemon ground. Pokemon in a Spiro. Fero. Fero? Spiro. Sparrow. Spiro's the evolution. Yeah, so I'm, either talking about, one. I'm talking about the evolution. Yeah, yeah. The fucking Fero runs on me. That thing is jumping me. Yeah, that thing's trying to run my pockets. Like, it's like, yo, what do you got in there? Yo, you got any treats? Yo. <laughs> yo, what's good? Um. Where you stay? <laughs> Where your mama stay? Um, that's what happens. That's what happens. But so now you can just like, no, I don't want any business with this Fero. Yeah, I'm you can just run here. and dodge people. And also when you get into battles, you no longer have to like have your, you only have to optimize your team for Pokemon battles because the Pokemon battles only happen with trainers. Sorry, that's a really roundabout way of describing that. Wait, so you're saying there so aren't Pokemon battles with, with Pokemon. Pokemon. So every time roaming. you run into a Pokemon, you are just catching it. Yeah. And um So you are weird. jumping the Pokemon yeah. in this scenario. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You well, you're it's, giving it berries to make it like you. Okay. It's a hundred percent if you've played Pokemon Go, it's that. Yeah, it's, it is that same ring situation that like gets smaller and you, and you throw the aim, pokeball. You throw the pokeball, right. and this has and the, the po berries are also in po from Pokemon Go. Yeah, if you're in handheld mode, you kind of it's like the gyrosco gyroscope, yeah, um, thing where you like move it around to aim it, and then you press A to hit. Which I've been using more because the like throwing the I also have the Pokeball Joy-Con, which has been like really not super not a lot of finesse with that like yeah. it doesn't yeah. feel super good and kind of hurts my hand after a while and then the other thing is uh when you're playing in console mode you can only use one joy con and you throw it you well, don't throw your joy con but you <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. motion to throw it yeah. to throw the pokeball which is like i i vastly prefer playing handheld mode because it just feels better and it's not as like physically demanding on the, one hand okay. so that was the thing so i've yeah. read and i know patrick you've looked into this a little bit maybe or you, have you read about the kind of accessibility well stuff? i mean one this game doesn't even use the pro controller right <laughs> wait yeah. like at you all you can't use the pro there are three there are three options okay single joy con the pokemon uh, ball which plus is a joy -Con, which is the joy con and a handheld sphere. mode and that's it what if i want to use a Pro no, controller. You, you can't. No, Austin, you can't. can't. They won't let you. Why would they? Like, like, like the most expensive controller that they sell for the premium experience of playing their video games. You, you cannot. This game doesn't support it. And you can't. You can't even use the Joy Cons in the Joy Con grip. Okay. You can only use a single Joy Con. So, so this happened earlier this year with the World Ends with You. But there, I was like, okay, you're like using the Joy Con to draw on the screen and like do 
DS style shit. Yeah. That made sense to me. I was I was frustrated by it because I just yeah. wanted to play that game with a controller. Yeah. I would have beaten that game again. Mm-hmm. I would have beaten that game for the first time. I'm being honest. I'm being honest. <laughs> I like that game a lot. I never beat World Ends with you. I got far into it and then got distracted a decade ago. And I was like, this is it. This is the time I'm finally going to beat this whole game. It was like, no. And it was like, no, because you have to use the single Joy-Con situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is my new post-rock band. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, no. And I was like, fine. But there I was like, okay, I get it. You, there's an interfacing thing that makes sense to some degree. Yeah. Like they would have to have come up with a new control scheme. Okay, fine, whatever. But this doesn't make any sense to me. No. Why am I not just walking? Why can I not just, if I want to, walk around with a with the pro controller and like hit A to throw a pokeball? Because you have to, you have to aim the pokeball. But why couldn't you just use an analog? Yeah, stick? there's the thing. Yeah, why couldn't I just or just you're already making a game in which well, you I'm not fighting do the, the Pokemon. gyroscope with the pro controller like you do in yeah. Breath of the Wild. Sure. Yes, I did that with the Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the yeah. whole time through. Yeah, yeah. same. Instead of, instead of the gyroscope. In. Oh, okay. All right, then then yeah, then there's literally no excuse. Yeah, there is none. I mean, it's one. It's 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 bad. Like on its face, it's just bad form because like a lot of people who use the pro controller because I, I don't use it like I'm fine with the two joy cons but like pro controller is like a good good ass controller you should support something you're charging what like 60 bucks for people to, to buy or whatever that, mach- yep. that, that that accessory costs and two uh, I mean this this extends uh, beyond the pro controller but like Nintendo's got like a, an accessibility problem like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, across the board like one it remains uh, super shitty that you cannot just reassign buttons at will. It is on a per-game basis that Nintendo decides maybe to add button reassignment. Uh, you know, like ARMS got it, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. a little ways through its, its uh, after coming out. Um, but, like, there should just be system-level... This this is just accessibility 101. Yeah. Like, Nintendo is, is, like, doing a grave disservice to um, mm-hmm. people that... Uh, one, to just want to reassign buttons. There are just reasons to do that. have nothing to do with accessibility. Two, there, you should be doing this for accessibility. Um, yep. There's a great piece uh, on a medium uh, written by, boy, am I blanking on his name right now. Uh, the... Uh, uh, Steven? Uh, Steven? Steven Spone? No. Oh, okay. Um, it was not written by him. Um, I'll, look, I'll look that up in, in a second. But anyway, like, there, there was someone outlining basically how Nintendo was fucking up in regards to... It says Billy across the board. I'm sure it includes a lot of these same arguments and, and points that I'm laying Mark out. Mark Brown? Um, yes, Mark yeah. Brown. Um, uh, wrote a great piece of Medium outlining how Nintendo is fucking... Is that uh, the same out, Mark uh, Brown I, on YouTube, Mark Brown? This is Game Maker's Toolkit, yes. Mark Brown. Oh, yeah. yeah. The name yep. of the piece is Nintendo's new games are miserable for people with disabilities. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and so anyway, like to close on this point, is just that this game is even somehow... Worse than what Nintendo is doing on a base base level um, with the in the Switch era, um, and it's just it's really confounded across the board. It comes at the same time that Activision is out there saying, "Fucking, we can't put oh subtitles God. in Spyro because there's no universal yeah. standard to put subtitles in a video game." Like, nah, you just didn't prioritize it, and now you're gonna get dragged, and you should be. <laughs> yeah. um, that shit sucks. It's just really, it's bad. Like, just say. We should have put it in, and we didn't. Saying there was no standards, they're just subtitles. Like, what do you? Uh, you want to? So, yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. You want, to, do you want me to read a quote here for yes, this? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. please. I haven't heard this. Okay, so the Spyro collection came out. The Spyro trilogy. Mm-hmm. I played a very. I played like a I, preview of it forever ago. It looks really cool. It's good. It's a. They it's are doing gorgeous. well by these. Yeah, it's mm, it's a it's a fascinating way to update these games, and I think they are doing right by. By them Except that but, there are lots of people mm-hmm. who want subtitles in their games. I always want play and with need. subtitles. I do yeah. too, but like there are plenty of people who just like straight up like, oh, yeah. I need this so that yeah. I can you know, follow along with what's going on. Uh, and this game doesn't have any subtitles in it at all. 
Um, and so Activision made a statement uh, after speaking apparently with Game Pit, uh, and uh, it did not say when the problem would be resolved. They are looking into a possible solution. Quote, when Toys for Bob set out to make an awesome game collection, there were certain dis- – I hate everything. I hate yeah. PR because I can't read this statement without using the phrase awesome game collection. So I'm not going to say it again. Uh, There were certain decisions that needed to be made throughout the process. The team remained committed to keep the integrity and legacy of Spyro that fans remembered intact. The game was built from the ground up using a new engine for the team, Unreal 4, and was localized in languages that had not been previously been attempted by the studio. While there's no industry standard for subtitles, the studio and Activision care about the fans' experience, especially with respect to accessibility for people with different abilities, and will evaluate going forward. Like... What do you mean while there's no industry standard for subtitles? Like that, every that's game... just excusing the lack of it. That's like, like, they're saying, like, not every game has it, so we don't have to, right? Like, right. it's fucked up. Right. Well, the thing. right, Rob just says, like, we didn't know what font to pick. Like, industry standard, they're using industry standard in this very tight way, which is like, well, we all agree with, like, X input on PC mm-hmm. that the up goes up on the left yeah. <laughs> joystick. And so there isn't that for a control or for subtitles. Yeah. So we couldn't fuck off. Like it's yeah, words. Exactly. It's words in this. And in fact, the fact that there is not an industry standard has led to lots of bad subtitling happening yeah. where fonts are too small, where it's not bl- uh, blacked out behind it so that you can actually read the damn thing in, in some cases. Like, I'm no doubt I want there to be better industry standard subtitling, yeah. like, like best practices for yeah. sure. There's This should be something where hardware manufacturers are stepping in and saying, in order to ship your game, you have to have subtitles, yeah. and actually, not just subtitles, but there needs to be like formatting options, and there needs maybe it's not as far like base level is just games should have subtitles, and you should have be able to make it bigger. Like that should just be the baseline of what we expect, and like hardware manufacturers should just push to make this a staple, and just all games should ship with it. Um, but also that statement is just infuriating. Just say we're patching it in, right? Just like don't just just. You've are, you fucked up. Yep. You didn't put it subtitles. Yeah. But you know what? Don't dig yourself a deeper hole. Just say we value our, our we value our fans that that uh, need or want uh, subtitles in their games, and we're looking into what we can do. A patch is forthcoming, and just take the move L. on with your fucking take life. Take the yes. L. Yeah. Learn the lesson. Don't say, don't take like, the L. Don't, like, say you'll do better. Do then do and better. Then do, yeah, that's the lesson of 2018. Take, learn to take the L. Learn to yeah. take uh, the L. There's a great piece also if you do a search for what video game subtitling got wrong in 2017. Uh, this is an article that came out uh, earlier this year about games that came out last year that kind of digs into how what you need for good subtitling. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you know it's one of those things that's like. It isn't say it is not saying because there's no industry standard you shouldn't need to do it, but it is saying like, hey, here is how this is what a good line length should look like, so that you you don't have these super long lines that are too long to read on the screen at once before the next line shows up, or like um, you know too much text in a single subtitle or bad contrast stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really interesting to, to all of those to think into that and stuff. all of those things already exist for TV and mo- like right. it, it there's something they can pull from. Like it's not like they're inventing the wheel over again. Right. Right. Like, Right, um, exactly. A, a small note on, we mentioned that you can only use one Joy-Con at a time, and I realize now that people might be thinking of the situation where you turn it sideways, and it's like a small controller with an L and R and right. then four face buttons. That is not how they allow you to use it in this game. It has to be the single-handed where you're, pretend you're u- u- using like both Joy-Can, Joy-Cons, it's like vertical, uh, mm-hmm. and like... <laughs> Joy-Cans. <laughs> Joy-Cans. Yeah. Um, and... So if you're using the blue one, the stick is in the right spot, but then the buttons are under it. It's like 
not even comfortable normally to like use use those and like I was playing with my wife because we usually play Pokemon games together and she has she was using it vertically but with both hands just because that was the only thing that made sense to her like it's very straight it's bad it's so bad yeah <laughs> yeah the left hand one is, the positioning is like and even on the right awkward. hand one it's weird to, because the stick is lower so like moving around feels kind of odd when you're using that to move like I don't know mm-hmm. it's a bad situation already. yeah but. You can play two player, which yeah. Yeah. you can you and if you're me, you can play one player but with two Joy Cons. Yeah. Wait, what is two player? Uh, so, wow, so, that's um, I'm sh- I'm shocked that Natalie's doing something like this. Isn't it weird? Wow, weird. So it's playing a two player game by yourself, just you mm. could you can shake the Joy Con and launch in another character, yeah, who you can control with the other Joy Con. And then a friend, a friend uh-huh. perhaps. And you can, when you go into battles, you can like summon this like ally <laughs> to come down. Yeah. And so you'll have uh, a 2v1 battle. Yeah. That's cheating. Yep. It is. In like a, so there are fights in the game. They're just not against wild Pokemon. They're against Pokemon trainers. Yeah, they're just like Pokemon trainers. battles. And then there's, like the and there's P, like. B, PB. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like lead trainers that you can like opt into battle. Right, right, right. So there's like like challenger trainers that are like more high leveled in certain areas and they won't automatically um trigger when you walk by them. Instead you have to like go up and they have like a little sound bubble above them to like Are you ever like signing up for a fight? You're like, oh hey, yeah, I wanna fight you and then the AI opponent is like, Oh yeah, by the way, my friend is here with a spear <laughs> and just like I'm here to fuck you up also. That um, only goes the other way? No. So not far that not. I know of. Yeah. So I can't far now. It's cheater. weird. I haven't done it because it's again, like it doesn't feel super comfortable. Yeah. And also can't imagine it would. Yeah. It, you know, it reminds it's, me of the the one thing that's nice is that as the second player you can so you know there's like Pokemon running around and you have to like touch them sometimes you don't want to as the second player if you walk over a Pokemon you stun them into place so you can oh, actually wow. help make oh, little I paths didn't know that. yeah that's uh, cool. my wife was playing first player and I was like running around and like you know stunning people it's like we don't want to touch that fucking Weedle I'll stun it here and you <laughs> walk around the other way and we'll be fine that's cool yeah. I'm touching all the Pokemon and catching as many as I can oh and then when you're done. With the Pokemon you don't want, you can trade them for candy. Yeah, just like Pokemon Go. So when you're done, you can... I don't know if they're being... Tr- just grind up yeah. the Pokemon. I don't know if they're being off. turned in... Just well, there's specifically... In e- like, Pokemon candy, so you can get Eevee candy, which are they made out... And you get them from sending a certain amount of... The po- same Pokemon? The same Pokemon. So if I put, like, 30 Pikachus in this you're box... Gonna- and then hit well, the switch. Certain Pokemon, like some, most of them give you like. Rob, you are a gas. Most of most of them give it's you unclear. like candies that are just called like sweet candy, sour candy, and those like boost specific stats, like yeah, like special defense. Special, but yeah, it is that's what they were. But it then Pikachu special defense. If okay, is, is if this is compensation or product? Yeah. I don't know which is worse, honestly. <laughs> Because in Pokemon Go, it's every Pokemon you send, you get a candy that is named that exact thing. Mm-hmm. So, like in Pokemon Go, you're sending out Pidgeys and you're getting back Pidgey candy, and it's just yeah, they're turning those Pidgeys yep. into candy. Yep. But actually, they're, they're probably turning one Pidgey into like three candy and sending you one, one. of them, and they keep <laughs> two selling, yeah. and selling the other two. There you go. That's the way that mar- that's, that's the way the, the market works. That's where you buy them in the stores. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> 
The invisible hand of candy. <laughs> invisible hand is also in Smash Brothers this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's only a spirit, but right. you know, yeah. they got the Adam Smith license, so uh, they felt like they should probably use it. Um, here's my counter argument for Eevee being better than Pikachu. One, Eevee's cute as shit. Two, 100%. this video oh, uh, yeah. that I linked of this Eevee beating the shit out of this Raticate oh. while wearing a little hat. Did you see that video? <laughs> was it oh, wearing a yeah. hat? Yeah, he's wearing a hat. Oh, that's so good. It's, it's very really good. good. People should that's check. Blitzy Blitz. Yeah, this is from user at Jericu B, J-E-R-I-C-U-B on Twitter, uh, who who posted, holy moly. Did you see that high five? Yeah, it's, it's the whole thing good. is just is just great. It's just a great little video. There's yeah. there's great moments in the game where your partner Pokemon will be like, like when you when I got onto the SS um, Anne for the first time, and I like yeah, it's ship. the it's the ship in Vermilion City that uh, you get the HM cut from from the captain who yeah. you rub his, his back, back and then he barfing. feels better yeah. after he and barfs and gives you little... hm cut i have to, there's so many opportunities <laughs> to take very good screenshots and videos in this game it's i'm good. having a lot of fun with that but when you get up to the deck your partner pokemon is like i want to go see the water and then you like walk over to like the the what is it called at the top when the, you're at the bow the, the bow yeah and you do like this little Titanic scene where yeah. your Eevee's like, or your Pikachu is sitting on like the, on the bow railing and is like, wow, everything's nice and beautiful. So there's like a lot of like really cute cutscenes, yeah. and I like how the game has been like kind of expand, like moments have been expanded into like cutscenes or like more interaction or like more dialogue or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and. It's definitely like the peaceful game that I've been looking for for a while. Um, and like it's so chill. Like I've never really had to grind in Pokemon games except sometimes that first boss because it's rock can be a little difficult depending on your starter. But in this game it's like you get XP for just catching things so you can just catch a bunch of you things. It's, it it, you don't have to like grind, like really grind at all almost. It looks like a different and, type of grinding than traditional Pokemon right, grinding. Right, right. So. It's definitely and, like, faster. Yeah, it's absolutely faster. Yeah. And I think I mean it, it it's nice actually. Cool. Like I don't mind not it not being like I've already seen this story a million times. I was just trying to get to the new story beats. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm not trying to like grind out like battling a bunch of things it's so like in that sense i like enjoy that yeah awesome um, well, and it's super i'm cute. genuinely curious what this means for the next one well the next one because they've already is... said that like oh the next one's like the one you yeah. right right they've said like the next one's like the big next rp i just i'm just curious like what the takeaway like because this one is clearly just like an adaptation of pokemon go yes like the quickest route for them to get a Pokemon game out. Well, it's an adaptation of Pokemon Yellow with Go's mechanics in it. it yeah, yeah, I, but it's just like like trying to find but a like, like. Let's just grab a couple of things off right. the shelf, and then we got to get a game out for 20, 2018. So I'm just curious, like, do next year is none of that shit there? Right, right, because right. that'd be weird, like for them to just ignore the, how big Pokemon Go is. So I'm just like curious where they land feels, for the one that is quote unquote the true RPG coming. This right. feels so much like an on ramp for for young people who are playing yeah. the game for the first time Absolutely. or who are like love Pokemon Go, but they, they got a Switch or they're going to get a Switch this, this Christmas, this mm -hmm. holiday. They're going to get Pokemon Let's Go and they're going to be familiar with the throwing the ball stuff yeah. and like loosely familiar with Pokemon fight mechanics 
Yeah, very. But Pokemon loose. Go stuff is so loose. It's so yeah. not just like playing Pokemon. So like right. that just does feel like a nice on ramp. I'm very curious to see yeah. how they do, and, and I hope that they fix the accessibility stuff. Like it's ridiculous yeah. that I mean it's been ridiculous that you can't remap controls in Switch games all, like universally. Yeah. But especially that the idea of like you can only you can only uh, use the one handed controller thing um, in general. Just like anytime that that anytime that like gyro controls are necessary to play the game, right. it's very frustrating. Yeah. You know. Um, cool. Uh, briefly before we leave the Switch and take a break, uh, I got to play some Warframe on the Switch uh, last month at an event, um, at, a, at a preview event. Uh, and ask me anything about Warframe for the Switch. Go, go you ahead. Play, you play ninjas, right? You're you ninja? play as ninjas, you're cyber ninjas, you're yeah. space ninjas. Space ninjas. That, that game has like a dope story that I watched the cutscenes for, even though I don't keep up yeah. with it. Um, even though I don't, can't, don't have the time to play it. Like, there are some like wild, cool twists in that story that I would love like more people to know about. Um, <laughs> it's like I want to have a spoiler chat about Warframe, even right. though I haven't played any of that ah. stuff myself. Uh, it's it's Warframe. It's on the Switch. It's the it will. I think it's launching behind the current console version, but we'll catch up to it very quickly. Oh, It'll okay. basically be in. I might even be wrong about that. It's been a month since we played it. Right. Um, but it will be behind the PC version. It will eventually be on par with whatever the console releases are. Right. Um, so that, like, it'll be a couple of weeks behind whatever the PC release is, basically. By behind, what do you... Like... So it's a live game, which means new content gets added, new, mm. new expansions, um, new, like, levels, new new warframes, uh, new characters to play as, basically. Uh-huh. And so that stuff will be behind on the Switch uh, by a few weeks. Do you okay. know what I mean? So you're only playing with other Switch people. Yeah, so that is not cross-play, so that's a big mm-hmm. one, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's a thing that they're interested interested in doing one day you know yeah. like it's they've been open about that yeah. but like hey okay. that's a conversation worth having right. they do have the thing that lets you bring over a character i want to say from pc to switch that's nice um and the way it works is it just makes a copy it does not link the accounts it says like all right snapshot oh, bring cool. over your character so, so you that can still keep playing that, on, PC on pc separately, separately. there'll yeah. be two separate accounts but right. like you'll at least get to keep everything you had at, on your PC account as of then. That's I nice. wish it was a little... I, I would love a version that's linked up directly. Um, you know, Joel, I was playing with Joel, and Joel had, like, a really big Warframe yeah. period this past year. Yeah. And so he was saying, like, he would love a version of it that was, like, you could go fishing. You could, like, have those accounts linked mm. and do the stuff where... Maybe you don't want to do, like, the hardest fights on Switch because the controls are good, but they're not... They're not the same as playing mouse and keyboard, certainly. Yeah, right. So if you're a PC player, that's what you're used to. Um, but like doing something like going fishing or going around, like the, the new expansion that's coming out for Warframe that looks dope includes like um, there's an entire like zoologist mode where you're tracking down animals and like tagging them and bringing them into being in, friends. Being friends, okay. yeah. Like it's not a hunting. It's like hunting mechanics, but like the end goal is you petting animals and not you killing Good. them and skinning them. Basically, Warframe <laughs> is Warframe is extremely woke. Uh, I mean, it's also this is the the new Warframe expansion that I really wish I could play is also all about like a labor movement. It's all about oh, shit. like like. Uh, enslaved robots rising up and like singing work songs and being have you seen the trailer for this Rob is making faces at me did you see the trailer for this fucking it's called I think it's called Futorna Fortuna you're being catfished by fucking Wargame dude Warframe Warframe (laughs) Uh, that's the thing it's so hard it's like I would love to I would really love to play Warframe, but I'm torn because I just don't like playing Warframe that much. Yeah, mm, like yeah. I just. But don't. now that it's an Eisenstein Robo Ninja <laughs> game, yeah, I'm into yes. it. Yes, 
<laughs> a robot with the with the movie camera. Like that's what it is. It's really good. Uh, I'll link you to this trailer, and you'll see immediately why I'm like all about this new thing. Um, it's it's seems cool to have it on Switch. I, I'd say that like playing with a Pro Controller works. Playing it on handheld mode sort of works. Like it functions, mm. but it does not. It did not feel fantastic. Yeah. It's like such a cramped screen, yeah. and that game has such like. Uh, such complex controls in some senses. You're doing a lot of, like, diving and wall running and, like, mm. f- gliding through the air and slides. And, like, it's almost like a Tony Hawk game that you're, like, you know, bouncing off of things and trying to not do grinds, but basically it's keep like, that momentum yeah, going. Right. Uh, related, I played a little bit of Sunset Overdrive. I don't have to get into this an old game. There's plenty of takes about Sunset Overdrive. That just came out on PC. I played that this weekend on Xbox One instead because that's part of Game Pass. Um, I played the beginning of it. That game feels great. That game feels incredible. The, tra- the, the traversal in Sunset Overdrive is just like... I think I might like the traversal better than I like it in Spider-Man because Damn. it's just fun to bounce around on things and find uh, uh, rails to grind on. Um, it's the it's modern Jet Set it's Radio, seriously, and it's I remain so frustrated that that game didn't get a sequel because I yeah. think a lot of people overlooked it because uh, a lot of people bought PS4s yep. instead of Xboxes. A lot of people overlooked it because the like humor is pretty yeah. hit in the game and. Some of the marketing stuff played that up in a way that I think turned people. It's not off as bad as I out. thought it would be. Is what I'll say. Like it's a no, little it's meany. Not, it's it's not a that... little edgy here and there, but it's not edgy. It's not like um, what was that bad? I hear there's a turn in the third half. A third. Oh yeah. Like third third. Apparently that it, that part gets. I believe you. Worse, but like I, um, there's stuff there that I think about that. really works. There's stuff <laughs> that I think is like. It's a little try hard as opposed yes. to right. like Edge Lord or anything like that. It's more just like rolling your eyes and like, okay, let me get back to yeah. the game yeah. part because the the like the movement, the 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 feeling of getting around that world was just so you're grinding good. on and I would just everything and double jumping and you know, doing you air dashes. Soaps. Hmm? Yeah, you basically have soaps. You basically Safe. have Sonic soaps. Yeah, yeah. basically, um, and doing cool combos and the combat feels great. Like, it feels. So weird to play a game like that that has such a different feel. This year has had a lot of games that have done really interesting things in open worlds. Like I, I not all of them have been to my taste, but the thing that I haven't gotten is something that felt like truly unique and weird in terms of how it wanted to handle combat interactions. Mm. Um, like Spider-Man feels like a very fast-paced Arkham Knight or Spider-Man game. Right. Uh, even God of War, which I think has a, a really fulfilling combat system, felt like a kind of slow and more deliberate character action game in the like Devil May Cry sense or something or or like I'm just doing those combo chains. This the combat in this feels so cool because you want to keep your combat meter combo meter high because the higher it is, the more special passive abilities you have unlock. Hmm. And in general, you want to not be on the ground. If you're on the ground shooting stuff, you're going to get fucking killed because there are a billion enemies charging at you and there's a bunch of different kinds. There's robots and there's mutants and there's just like other people with guns and they will just shoot you or like club you to death. They're faster and stronger than you are. Yeah. So you want to constantly be bouncing on things, grinding on power lines and you know railings and stuff to stay out of their reach, to stay above them and to kind of attack them in these big groups. It feels really, really, really cool. It feels like an evolution of something like Crackdown or Saints Row the Third or Fourth, uh, not Fourth, Four, uh, <laughs> or um, uh, what's the what's the zombie one that I'm thinking of? Dead Rising. Um, it feels like it's in that, that vein of open world game more than GTA or more than... Uh, you know, action, third-person action games, right. stuff like that. Um, really interesting. So that's twenty bucks on PC now. It's free on. It's, mm. a, it's part of Game Pass. So 
join the movement for a game that probably won't ever get a yeah. sequel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about more new releases because, Rob, you and I have to talk about some Battlefield. Rob and Natalie, you and I have to talk about some Fallout 76. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do it. All right, let's take a quick break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's me, Austin. I'm, I'm back. I'm from the future. Oh, shit. Hi. I think Fallout 76 would be a better game. <laughs> I just God think that Fallout... I just think that Fallout... That's not a who won... Do Austin, who won the primary? Is it... Is it like this? <laughs> is this how the blood over the steel sleep? <laughs> it's kind of like a, like a games workshop orc, I guess. That's not really... I, I'll tell you this I though, Austin wearing that helmet should be a better game. <laughs> Austin wearing that helmet is about as far as I think the design document for Fallout seventy six got. <laughs> uh, which is just like that's just fucking brother to steel helmet on it. Damn. That's Fallout, right? That's Fallout. <laughs> hey, um, I played. I'm okay. Fallout seventy six. I guess we'll talk. Yeah. Time out. Time uh, out. Hit or miss. I guess you never miss, huh? Um, I I want to always leave space for game developers to experiment. Mm. I think fundamentally it's a good idea when you're in a series that's been running for a long time to fuck around. Just fuck around. Just try some new shit. A lot of my favorite games of all time have come out of developers being like, let's throw it all away, let's start fresh, or let's try to find some new angle here. Like what? Uh... I think that, like, for instance, something like the Final Fantasy series has mm. gone through a billion uh, and changes done a lot of different things. and a lot of different ways, and like, yeah. awesome. Like, I'm glad you don't, you're not just making the same style of game over yeah. and over again. Um, I, I think even if you look at something like Bloodborne, Bloodborne comes out of a history of making very similar games and like, hey, how do we how do we move this around, mm-hmm. etc. Um, lots of games do this, and it's like I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, frankly, Skyrim is that, right? Skyrim and Oblivion come after years of making a very traditional style computer RPG. Yeah. And then it's developing in a new direction. Yeah. Um, so there's, I, in my heart, I want to make sure I start with, I think this is like a cool direction to try to go in that I want experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having no fun with this game <laughs> at all. Uh, and I'm not having, I want to be clear, I, I'm not having much of anything with this game at all. Like I, there's not a version of this game, like I don't know that I'm having a lot of quote unquote fun with Red Dead Redemption 2 at this point either, but I'm, I'm having a different experience that is fulfilling some There weird, are things to appreciate. I'm appreciating in that, certain things in that yeah. game that are not like Sunset Overdrive bounce around fun um there there is so much that i'm disappointed in in fallout 76 how are you two finding it so far rob it sounds like bad are you playing with people uh 
Oh, should we God, set up? No. I guess we should set up what this is for yeah. people who maybe don't know off the top there, like who hear, oh, a new Fallout game. So it's a first-person Fallout game in the Bethesda model. Uh, Only first person? No, I know third. third person, but it's yeah. you know, it's yeah, a, it's, same, it's, yeah. it's a you know, a, uh, it's not a top. They didn't go back to Fallout Two <laughs> style <laughs> it's not isometric. isometric RPG. <laughs> God damn. Um, it is a game in which you are you take you are a a vault dweller who is released out into one of the elite. One of the elite. You are in Vault Seventy Six. Uh huh. What's up, Rob? You I just ready? hate it. Yeah. I just fucking hate you it. You are released uh, in 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 twenty seventy six. Is a that vault, the right date? A vault where even scientists are barbers. Is that was that a what? quote from the what? fucking game? Is that for real? You've been reading those terminals. I missed that specific <laughs> quote. Me? That's what? wild. There's terminals where you see people's job descriptions yeah. and what their former jobs were, uh-huh. and you see like nuclear physicists turn like barber, mm-hmm. and it's like. Here, this is vault set, you know, like, Main and there's Street, like, there, there's like, I remember there's a terminal where you find someone's like journal and they're, and they say, spe- like, specifically, like, I used to be like some sort of scientist and now I'm a janitor. And like, I've been told that I'm going to get like my promotion Whatever. for a long time and this is below me. And it's <laughs> sick. Um, so you are playing a group of vault dwellers. You, a group. Uh, you were playing a vault dweller who is yeah. who is released onto the wild. The vault opens up, and you were the first vault to open up. You were part of Vault Tech's plan to take over the world. Effectively, mm-hmm. um, the a- idea is that you will be the first people to, to leave after the bombs drop. Uh, you will, in fact, find that your goal, the goal of the overseer, I guess, is to go claim the remaining nukes and allow Vault Tech to like rule the world and bring their Sort of st- their sort of capitalist stability to the to the broader world mm-hmm. uh, in the post apocalypse, um, but but really your goal is just to get out there and just live life, live your life, and kind of rebuild rebuild the wasteland is kind of the pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, go west, young man, and and settle this this uncivilized world, um, and they are just like so committed to that specific version of this fantasy, yeah, which is. When you play a, any of the previous Fallout games, what you're doing is you're going into a world that has already been settled in some way. Yeah. There are groups of raiders, and there are you know cities, and there are tribes, and there are there there are uh, uh, war fat you know war raiders, and there are mm-hmm. uh, you know weird robot or, you know android colonies, and there are secret government organizations, and there are you know rival uh, militia groups. The, the world is filled with people and filled with factions and filled with relationships that have already existed. Mm-hmm. But because you're the first ones out, the idea is you are the person who is going to settle this place. But the game can't help being a Fallout game <laughs> and still having factions, um, still having a sort of notion of history because when you go around and find places, you find a town. Inside of that town, maybe you find a few terminals, and a few audio diaries, and you piece together what happened to the town in the aftermath of the bombs dropping. And how, oh, this group of, of kind of responders is, is one of the main mm-hmm. factions that shows up, you know, tried to piece things back together, but they ran into trouble when, you know, with the Brotherhood of Steel, or they yeah. ran into trouble with these special uh, ghouls, they called the Scorched, that show up. And, mm-hmm. like, you're kind of picking through the, the bones of the dead, and it gestures at this big interfactional stuff, but it just kind of, they also got out of the way so that the focus of this game could be shooting things and building stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just, the, the there are so many things here that just feel incoherent or ill-considered to yeah. me. Uh, the first is that genuinely, 
I do not think this game knows that it's supposed to be a critique. Like, there are times no, where it no, just seems to flat oh, yeah. out forget that. From the introduction, even. It's like, it's very Mass Effect, almost, and it's, uh, look at these brave, look, look at these brave vault dwellers <laughs> boldly journeying forth into the world. And, like, there's the implied, like, hey, you're also working for vault and vault sucks. But, like, still the way it's framed is, like, we should have deep sympathy and identify with these oh, yeah. fucking vault dwellers who come out come out there. By the way, also, like, I think there's also a massive tension between, like, the inclusivity it portrays in those cutscenes and the, like, fascistic, like, 1950s white supremacist vision of America that, like, Fallout is built on. Yeah. At this point, it's like, wouldn't it be fun, though, if that were for everyone and you were this just is- hanging out, reclaiming... The wilderness and the people who lived there and like lived th- survived this, and then the other thing is like these these plot beats, these these story bits you, you uncover. Um, so much of it is like if you if you were a vault dweller and you had never encountered a Fallout game, maybe this would be mind blowing. Maybe when you're like coming across audio diaries where it's like, holy shit, the bombs dropped, and now there's like. These people with like lesions on their skin. Oh, I don't know. They're like ghouls or something. Like maybe if you'd never played one of these fucking games, you'd be like, "Holy shit, mind blown." Yeah. Like what the fuck happened? No, I don't in this know what, world? Rob. I don't think you would. I don't think you would because when I think about the past Fallout games, the stuff that works. I, so this is the thing: is this game is trying to compete in like three or four different spaces, and that's yeah. why I think it fails. Like, or I think it fails because it doesn't do any of them particularly well. Inside of just the category of past Fallout games, you're just saying I'm a Fallout fan, or you're just saying, "Is there a fall? I've never played a Fallout game before. Which one should I play?" Mm-hmm. The idea of things like what is a ghoul? That stuff is set up so much better. In, in, in regardless if you want to be the isometric RPG fan or the first person, third person action RPG fan, you can go back to any of the past games and. All of them, including the games people don't like that much, set those things up better, mm-hmm. right? So because those are those are games that are filled with vivid vivid locations, with memorable characters. I can tell you my favorite characters in pretty much any Fallout game, and each of those games has some character who helps explain to you what the world is. What is a ghoul? You think about like the ghoul city inside yeah. of uh, Fallout 3's Washington D.C. Uh, you think about you know uh, what is the what is the Brotherhood of Steel? You look at the way the Brotherhood of Steel is portrayed in uh, New Vegas, uh, especially in in relation to other groups that are trying to help people like the followers of the apocalypse like that that stuff is all done so well throughout it's, that stuff it's like the pitfall of just about every prequel right it's right. like seeing the origin of the thing is almost never as well, good as hearing the stories well, after not, it can be it can okay, be well, I'm saying right? this doesn't even do that, that this doesn't even yeah, do that I it's promise. not there it's <laughs> right. like it's so arbitrary and like spread like so inconsistent like you're not the the things that like you're saying in the in the previous Fallout games do is that they're constantly in conversation with you about what has happened, what is yes. going on. Like you're not like you might be someone who has not seen the world yet, but the world has been existing and the clockwork has been spinning and so I should be clear really quick when I say there aren't memorable characters what I mean is there aren't that many characters there aren't characters in the world period outside of a few robots and then things that you learn about through audio diaries through through like uh, massive text block terminal journal totally. entries and I think there's some good writing mixed in there I want to be clear I think there's mm-hmm. some okay performances and some good writing but it does not there is something important there's something incredibly different between walking into a, 
a town that has been uh, that people have begun to rebuild and seeing them go about their work and moving through that space and saying, oh, okay, people are here. And the fantasy and then saying, how do I fit into this? How do I help rebuild this world that has other agents in it versus the fantasy of me and my magic backpack are here to reclaim all of this? Mm -hmm. That fantasy is fucking like gross as shit. And it is the thing that people point at when they criticize post-apocalyptic fantasy and post-apocalyptic fiction in general is that it can it has this libertarian streak that is like let's just imagine the world ready to be paved over and remade in our image what mm-hmm. if there were no laws what if it was just me and my backpack and my toolbox what if i'm like the the prepper fantasy come to life yeah right? and what if there was no one to resist right exactly like the, the only people that are resisting are the scorched and the ghouls who like what 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 blows my mind is that you see scorched and ghouls interacting with each other they talk they talk first of all they say things mm-hmm. they kill each other yeah. like you i've like walked into a camp before like a tiny camp in the middle of nowhere and seen like a scorched like fighting a ghoul or something and there's and and then you just kill them both yeah there's and, no and interaction there, and, yeah there's, there's no, no it, there's no nothing to push back on like you and you also don't see them operating do you know what i mean no, they're like, not they're, they're, societies they're, they're not like they they wanted there to be humanoid enemies who had guns you could fight yeah not a faction of ghouls who live in a town which yeah. is what you've gotten in all the, the, there are feral ghouls in some past games also there are ghouls who've lost their minds etc but most of them don't speak english yeah. <laughs> um and and also those are put against the other type of ghoul mm-hmm. who you just don't exist here mm-hmm. um I, it's it's well the thing is like it's not only trying to be a fall game it's trying to be a survival game but it's not rust it's not you know one of those like it's not um uh uh, uh Daisy it's mm-hmm. not like one of those games because it's actually not that hard to there's not you can get killed in this game but you don't lose that much you, this isn't yeah. a situation where like you're rolling a new character all the time you're constantly making character progress um so it isn't one of those uh when you log out. I've never logged back in and had the buildings I've made still be there, for instance. Oh, yeah, me neither. Um, so it's not like Rust where you're like, I'm building a base, and I'm worried that like when I log back huh. in, that base will be destroyed. Like A base just goes away, and all the parts go into your backpack, and then you can rebuild it if uh, you want to. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're not like finding interesting things that often. I've seen a couple of bases that other players have built while they've yeah. not been there, but most of them are just kind of like shitty. You know, Most of them are just like camps. I saw one that was like a tree house okay. that someone had built. But that... That meant that that person built that in that session. Yeah. Right. And then every time you do a new session, it you have totally to... totally If you got disconnected like and reconnected, it would be gone. house, right. like, in the sky. And you can and never reconnect to, like, the same session ever, or, like, it's... it's I don't... A, I, you know what? I don't know. Right. Um, there is not an easy thing that's like, oh, I'm mm. just going to play with these 20 people, as far as I can tell. Huh. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, I don't know that we could do a waypoint. If you had private servers, I think we could start talking about this. The way if you right. had Minecraft... That's the thing. It's like, it's also not Minecraft, right? Yeah. Where, like, right. Minecraft gives you so many tools to build... A an interesting space with um, and this does not do that like there's some cool stuff I like the building in Fallout 4 more than most people even pre-modded with mods it's actually super interesting yeah. but without even without mods I was able to create interesting spaces mm-hmm. because they have a permanence and because they end up filling with characters like don't give me the fantasy of rebuilding the world like even <laughs> on its face the fantasy of making me the the doomsday prepper who was right who goes out into the world and can rebuild something even if I want to do like the, the version of that that is well intentioned where I'm going to build a cool diner 
diner and build a basketball court and build a community the mm-hmm. way I did in Fallout 4, I can't do that here because there's no NPCs to fill that space with, mm-hmm. to walk around and pretend that I'm helping to build a, a, a life for people. I'm building empty boxes for me to hide in when monsters show up. It's very much using like the Bioshock, like everyone is already dead. Yeah. So, and if you do hear people's voices, by the time you encounter them, they'll probably be dead. Right. Like, right. Yeah. I've, I've heard one person's voice, and I know that when I get to her, oh, she's going she's to be gone. Oh, 100%. Like, 100%. Right? It would be a good trick if she wasn't, but I bet she's dead. I bet she will be. Um, it's also not, a, like, as a shooter, if you think about it as, like, a loot progression shooter. One, I still think that Fallout 4 and New Vegas both have better itemization and better... There's, like, Mm -hmm. the scrap system makes more sense in 4. The weapons are cooler in New Vegas, and the the shooting feels better in 4 than here. It's partially it's a buggy mess. Yeah, it's trash. It's trash. And it's not... And the other thing is, like, if I'm taking it as a shooter, if I'm taking it as a multiplayer RPG shooter where I want to shoot things and get better loot, then I'm suddenly comparing it to Destiny, then I'm comparing it to Borderlands. And those games are just better at that stuff. So, I mean, this is a question I had because I never looked up, and I I just assume Vets doesn't exist at all. Vets does exist. It does, does, but it doesn't pause the game. Yeah, it It just means you don't have to aim. It just goes like, okay, you have a 60% chance to hit this thing. Right, right, right. It lets you target parts if you equip the right perk, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the perk system is kind of neat. I'm interested in it. I like the fact that you can move things things around like you get you basically get these perk packs every so often it's not every level you no get you get the them perk. every once in a while I think every it's like five and a, ten maybe. yeah every once in a while you get perk packs which are these like cards that you put into when you level up um stats you are like creating slots basically so that so if you, you have can... a four in charisma you have four charisma slots slot exactly points. exactly and each card can be leveled up to like a one star, two star, three star. It's like a and gotcha those, almost. Yeah, and then those can huh. be, uh, if you get like duplicates of a card, you can put them together to make a level two perk, like a level two Vats card or whatever, and then you that takes up two slots in your uh, perception right. uh, uh, stat. The, so, the slotting and stuff remind me, like just this, the description reminded me of the near like chip system. It's a little bit like the like chip that. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, a little bit like the chip system because you're building builds and you can change those builds if right, you want. Right, right. So you and are, like the, the like higher level takes up more space. A hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah, so what okay. you're investing in is slots. Right. Uh, I just remembered how it works. You get you get these bonus packs at like levels two, five, and ten or something. Yeah. But you also get every level you choose a spe- one of the special stats, which is like mm-hmm. strength, perception, in- endurance, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, charisma, luck. intelligence, agility, luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you get an option. You get a set of cards to get for whichever one you pick. But then on those bonus levels, you also get a like a it's like a, a card trading card pack. Yeah, right. which I'm they don't sell I also, yet, but I bet they will eventually. I also <laughs> don't really get how it works. Like when you when yeah. you have the when you level up and there's like the six cards to choose from. Yeah, are you choosing? Are those You're cards adding going that to your so, to your current? Collection. But then you can still. They're still there when you, like, want to switch them around. You don't get all of those six or whatever. You just get them. You pick one of that. So when you level up, you pick one of the stats. Inside of that stat, there will be, like, a collection of five or six cards to choose from. You're picking one of those and adding those to your personal inventory. And then you can add them to whatever stat slot. But those those same cards every time you level yes, up show will be up. there. Yeah, yeah. So they're like there's like a base selection there's of like cards. There's like a deck. There's like a deck exactly. And okay. as you level up, gotcha. that deck gets bigger. Blah blah blah. Gotcha. I actually think that system is kind of cool because there are times when I'm like, 
ah, fuck, I'm going to this radiation zone. I'm going to equip the thing that I have that, like, reduces my radiation, like, yeah. thing. Or I'm I'm super weighed down, and I've, I've leveled up Pack Rat a bunch, which makes jump too. way yeah. less. So, like, when I get when I really get up there, I equip my, my Pack Rat stuff. Um, I think that's really cool because there are times when you, you can also share your perks can you? with with your teammates. It doesn't tutorialize this, but if you're in a team with people, you can activate perks to apply to everybody in the in the That's squad. Hashtag squad. Yeah. Um, and so, like... Y'all haven't played with... I have not. Yet, Rob, have you played with anybody else yet? You and I should play this game tomorrow, probably. I have. What do you think of it that way? It's a lot more fun with another person because it doesn't feel like it's you versus... It just... It doesn't feel as impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, going into... When I was playing alone, um, going into any town or meant that I was like up against so much. Like there are so many enemies mm-hmm. at any given time and you can be like attacked at any point. Like when you're walking through the land, there's always like mole rats or dogs or like different things that will like come attack you. And, and because you, it is really hard to get distance once enemies are on you yeah right. um which when you're alone it just it gets like you get overwhelmed and and you die yeah, the enemies come forever they're everywhere they're everywhere and they're really really fast <laughs> the feral ghouls i swear are bugged because i they, think well yeah them and everything else and everything else but you just see shit flying across the screen at you and it is just <laughs> there's nothing you can do that's why I think uh, so. I've been playing with my brother, who's doing a melee build, and okay. I think that's actually the way. A melee build sounds like really strong, from what I've read. To do this, because you are so often not going to, like I've been doing like a sniper build. So like when we're going into a war, uh, uh, a town or whatever, I will sit back and like pick off as many people as I can see, and then he will go in and like melee everyone right, that he right. sees, and. Like that system has worked really well. So yeah. now that I'm playing with him, I feel like I'm actually like progressing. Like it took me a week to get to level 13 or whatever. It took him two days to get to level 15 with me. Right. W- with us playing together, which I just don't understand how that works. Like he has leveled. Did up he get the perk that's like get more XP when playing? I think with a he might have that. I and think he might have that. <laughs> like it was billed as like a multiplayer game, so yeah. it makes sense that there will be some synergies like that. But the issue comes when. Not everyone will have someone to play with all the time, so you have to be able to. Some oh, builds. There, so I will to say there are like, perks. I definitely have the Lone Wanderer perk that gives yeah. me bonus HP and damage and maybe XP from okay, playing alone yeah. because yeah. I'm also. But then you have to use that slot but because most, <laughs> most people I see are alone. Yeah, like yeah. ninety. I rarely see teams, and I see like a lot of people who ask me to be like because they see that I'm already on a team with someone. They like will have asked to gotcha. be on my team, um, but. It, I think for the most part, everyone's going about it alone, which mm-hmm. is like kind of, I don't know. Speaks to something. Speaks to something. <laughs> Damn. Oh, which is, is one there... of the weirdest, most incoherent things here, right? Is like, oh, we're all vault dwellers. I don't know any of you fuckers. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know you to say hi. Um, and there's yeah. no way to like get to, like there's no, because of the impermanence, like because yeah. you're like, you don't get to know, oh, this is, you know, I, I've played with these people before. I know that this is their base or whatever. Like, 
I'm getting right. to know kind of who's like the around. way some of those other games like build communities based on the server that you're in because it's a permanent thing and you can build structures and collaborate and whatever like people are coming back to the same place like this doesn't have any of that and who knows if it will are they working on like nothing yeah. Rob as a fellow solo lone wanderer in the wastes how are you feeling about this whole thing um I just this feels like such an extraneous thing like it just has no there. there's nothing about this that I see as essential or adding anything to any of the genres it's sort of playing around with or, or the Fallout franchise. Um, and even like, even if you just wanted the most basic thing, which is just a game where you're wandering a wide open Fallout world and trying to survive in that world. There is something so utterly lacking in tension. Like, yes, you're overmatched, but it's not, like, scary. It's just like, oh, yeah. God, I'm getting zerged by these fucking dogs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. And it's astonishing how often that you just stand there and you're taking damage. You're just soaking damage. And you just start whacking people with a pipe or whatever piece of shit you got, like, <laughs> you know, in, in your hand. And that works pretty well. Like, you're just standing there beating on shit. Yeah. And it's like... What if Daggerfall, but worse? Yeah, like, that's how it. That's how it genuinely feels at times, and that's like it. It doesn't even meet that low bar of, you know, what if this is a really loaded comparison, but I think this is actually a case where a stalker comparison is justified. Sure, there's an element <laughs> of you're wandering the world in that game, and you're just trying to survive in its ecosystem, learn its rules, adapt to the way it operates. And there's a real great tension with the various like creatures you find in that world, uh, the the special powers they have, the weaknesses, uh, the characteristics of your gear and your weapons, and the, the the hazards of the environment. This doesn't feel like any of that. Like there's yeah. lots of like models and textures, but in terms of like things that, like, do they actually do anything? No, they're about as interactive as like something you find in a parking lot. And that's yeah. kind of how this game feels. It's very flat, very featureless. There's you know, when I think about, so, you know, I, I said that thing earlier, like, oh, it's competing as a Fallout game, as a, as a shooter, as a survival game. When I think about any of those things, I can tell you instantly some of my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can tell you, you know, my one of my favorite fights in New Vegas is when I when I decided I wanted to fucking kill the the energy weapon mm-hmm. uh, brother and sister, the, mm-hmm. the Graf family, yeah. uh, as part of a, it was a quest chain that, like, at some point I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to just roll in there and kill them. When I think about Destiny, I can think about doing the raids, I can think about these high points of, like, wow, this really pushed me. This really made me go out there and like and and uh, figure out my my build and really execute with the team and really like strategize together and and you know dunking on the Taken King and killing <laughs> that yeah. motherfucker is like Hell high yeah. point shooter uh, multiplayer experience of my of my life. Um, when I think about survival games, like I weirdly I, I think about Minecraft and building stuff with my friends, but I even even games that have like no narrative really have no story stuff. I played uh, there's a game called Seven Days to Die, uh, which is I think not necessarily a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's designed zombie survival game mm-hmm. it's made by a company called the fun pimps which is the worst uh, name uh, uh, it's really fucking bad and so like buyer beware in some sense um but i think of, there's a moment when a friend and i took over a little roadside gas station we t- spent a couple of days in game like mm-hmm. rebuilding it and turning it into this great defensive area and this giant horde of zombies showed up and the experience of like hold fending them off and like really needing to dig into more emergency supplies and mm-hmm. setting up a place to you know, there's like all this stuff that, that just naturally came out of the gameplay and i 
of all of these stories, and every time I played any of those games, every few hours, something cool is happening. Even in games I don't necessarily love, love, love. Like, even Destiny 2, which at this point, I've, I've kind of rung it of mm-hmm. what I will have from it. There was still enough for me to get a good Did you chunk ever get of, into Forsaken? I didn't. And those yeah. are things like, but I could yeah. go back and play another 30 hours of all the expansions and right. then be done with it and then be done yeah. with it, right? Yeah. Like, I don't need something to last me forever. So, but what I'm saying is, like, for that time, I will continue to ring out enjoyment for right. playing whatever the, the scripted content is there. Um, I will have those moments that are like, oh, wow, within any four hour chunk, within any, yeah. within any play session, here's a cool thing that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it will be an outlier. If something not cool, something doesn't happen that I want to talk to somebody about. Yeah. You know, I played this game for so much time, and I could not tell you like my favorite location. I could not tell you my favorite NPC. I could not tell you. I couldn't tell you what build I'm going for. I couldn't tell you. You know, I can kind of tell you my favorite weapon, which is this like hunting rifle that I've been yeah. upgrading since the beginning. Yeah. But I bet you that's the same rifle that everybody's been upgrading since the beginning. Um, I can't tell you the, the way loot is distributed when you finish a quest or when you level up is weird where like it just like oh I finished this quest and so it just dropped a special item into my inventory yeah. magically as if from nowhere which runs completely against the feeling of this is a survival game mm-hmm. there was a moment when this is not my favorite location but it's a memorable location in the sense that I think they dropped the ball on it I'm going to spoil one location in this game you eventually go to a town called Morganville yeah. um, and it is like a university town mm-hmm. and it's, the university is Vault Tech University mm-hmm. And you go into Vault Tech uh, University, and there's a section of it that is a mock vault that has been yeah. that where a person they're like they, they if you want to be a vault overseer you have to go to Vault Tech U and you have to go through training and then and there's a simulation there's vault. a simulation vault and by simulation they I don't mean a like matrix simulation it's like just a mock vault that mm-hmm. that the the overseer and then a bunch of like exam uh, not exam I, um, uh, what am I looking for. Um, volunteers yeah. uh, kind of go into the experiment and live for three or four weeks as the test is administered to see if this person mm-hmm. qualifies as being a, a an overseer. The university is huge, by the way. It's huge, and there's still and there's no interior maps in this game, which fucking yeah. sucks because you get lost all the sucks. time. Um, you go through that whole space, and it's like that should be a fucking moment. It should be a moment that my character who believes in the vault program, who believes that they're trying, they're going out to set right by the world. You know, gets the peek behind the curtain, sees uh, what the Wizard of Oz really is. I almost said sees Dr. Oz for what he really is. Uh, A fucking sham. Um, Sees the, like, that, like, oh, this whole system is fucked from the jump. Yeah. Um, And instead, it's just this, like, flat thing. It's like, oh, there are zombies here for me to kill. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, three audio diaries to listen to and, like, some notes to read. And it doesn't ever feel like anything. Well, I think that's one of the things that really bothers me about this is this is almost going to sound like like almost a fanboyish line of critique, like you're besmirching the franchise of Fallout. But I think when you are playing in a series that has always sort of been dealing with these questions of who does the future belong to? Yeah. What entitles you to stepping into a world that you've abandoned or have never known about? And laying down the new law, like yeah. saying that this is how it's going to be from from this time moving forward. Uh, what what do the people with the power and the privilege who abandon those less fortunate than them? What right do they have to come back yeah. and try to assert themselves over those people? Uh, what do they, what obligations do they owe? And what happens when the world begins to move on? Like how do you move on from the apocalypse? And like from Fallout Two, this is what they're asking. Like yes. post you're in the post post apocalypse now. Like we're starting to just rebuild the world. It's starting to be a world. Fallout 76 
winds the clock back on all of that, but also abandons all the questions and just embraces the aesthetic. And if you're embracing that aesthetic, what you're doing is kind of uncritically celebrating the very worldviews that from the beginning, the series was sort of meant to criticize and question. Mm -hmm. And that's really where Fallout 76, I think, fails for me, is that it looks at Fallout and it's like, yeah, that's got that's a good that's a cool brand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's good music. We play that music. This yeah. is a Beach Boy song in this game, which like the Beach. Uh, mm, ah, anyway, I love that. Uh, Pet Sounds is an immaculate album. It shouldn't be in Fallout. Uh, <laughs> t- two things here, like seven things here, but let's start with two. Okay. One, it is an amazing contrast to the final level of Hitman Two this year. I don't want to give big spoilers away to Hitman mm-hmm. Two this year. I won't tell you what the final level is, but I will say that it intersects with a sort of uh, uh, article we've been reading a lot this year, which is all of the tech billionaires are preparing to go into their fucking bunkers and into space and to let us all fucking die. Right? Um, the Hitman Two's final level deals with the idea of like all of the world's richest people are willing to throw us all to the dogs and to hide in a bunker while we all burn to death or mm-hmm. flood and you know or you know while while our world is literally on fire yeah. you know uh my heart goes out to the people in California who are who are currently either having their homes burned or are breathing in uh just like really really bad air uh and fuck you to an administration who has left them to hang um and this game does the opposite thing, which is it casts you as those fortunate enough, fortunate, mm-hmm. fortunate, and those mm-hmm. rich enough, those who have been given access to this special vault, yeah. uh, those who who have in their in their regular lives come upon wealth such that such an option was available to them. And then, and this is where I think it's an actual complete failure of of theme and failure of story. It's not just you play as the people who were were not left under the boot, who are not left outside. It's the follow-up, which is then they got rid of the people who were left outside so that you didn't have to see the real version of how this shakes out, Mm -hmm. which is the doors open, you go outside, and you point a gun at people and say, you listen to us now. When you roll into a town in this place and it doesn't have anybody in it, it's so that you can have the fantasy of being the colonizer without there being a colonized because they did not want to walk down that path. They did not want to outright say, oh, Vault 76 opens and all these people in blue fucking jumpsuits go out there with their with their like pristine guns. Aren't the scorched and the ghouls? But they're 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 completely othered in such a way that you don't have to think about them as people. Yeah, they're just But they still they have sentience still. Totally, of course. The first fallout. The first fallout, you encounter the ghouls. And you don't know what they are, yeah. and chances are you start wasting them right and left. Mm-hmm. Like, the odds are very good you're out there in the ruins of L.A., and you're just fucking drawing down on these things and just killing them right and left. And then you go underground into the sewer system, and one of them's like, hey, don't shoot. Yeah. yeah. And they speak. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they know what's up. And like, And it's just, it's, if you come to this moment blind, it's, like, it really shakes you. You're like, holy shit. Because immediately you're thinking, like, I was just like opening up, yeah. uh, like topside, and now these people are being like, "Well, actually, you know, we're, we're an entire culture here, and <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, we have some issues with the people topside. Like they are kind of a, they've kind of become cultists, and they are scary and kind of can be aggressive, but like they're not our enemies." Um, 
and immediately transforms this you are a stranger here you have no right to this space you are you are a dumbass with a gun right. and a mission you don't fully understand and your mission yeah. in one is also so distinct right the mission in one is go get this thing so that we can stay underground <laughs> and the resolution of that game is like not you it's so good. I, people should go look up the end of Fallout 1. I don't want to spoil the whole thing there. But it engages with that idea. It engages with the idea of, like, of the, you know, not just the haves and the have-nots, but, like, who is in, who is out, how those two things interact. Uh, yeah. It's it's a fantastic uh, wrap-up to that thing. I so wish there was, like, a, a January of Prey in this game. Like, it, there that there was, like, some sort of NPC companion that could articulate what you're getting from all the terminals and audio logs that you find. Like the fact that there's just so much information to parse and then create a narrative out of it's and and when you finish a quest, it's done. Like, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. none of that information needs to be carried over into another thing because it once you finish the quest, you get your loot box and and then you move on. And I so wish that there was someone, that there was an NPC who could articulate what I've learned from, because I'm not going to fucking read pages and pages and pages yeah. and pages of terminals. It's like, it, it, it. at first I was, I was listening to everything and, you know, I was like, oh, that's kind of strange. Oh, this is kind of weird. But, but it's not articulated in a way that is like particularly impressionistic that will like really stick with you unfortunately because that is the way that minds work like we it's just hard to retain summary you need that press yeah there's it's hard to retain a lot of information and then when you get the quick summary that is like blah 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 this is what we've learned you can go back and and reread the thing yeah is that what that note said etc exactly Exactly. plenty of games are filled with storytelling in this way including past fallout games yeah that in which you go like oh shit yeah if i reread this note from this person to this person i can see where this betrayal was going to come from or i can see why this person has actually been like very coy about how they feel about androids this whole time whatever it is right yeah um yeah Ugh, sorry to just be dumping on this thing. I, it's also broken. Like, I, there is some terrible part of me. There is some deeply narcissistic, like, egotistical, um, uh, uh, solipsistic version of myself, of my ego, <laughs> that is like, this is karmic retribution for that time I defended Fallout 4 on the giant <laughs> bomb game of the year. Uh, <laughs> debates about what, how, how glitchy it was. I played Fallout 4. I played it on PC or played it on PS3. I played it on PS4 Pro. I don't remember where I played it. Wherever I played it, it was fine. Like, I, yeah. I hit some glitches. It didn't bug me that much. A lot of people, didn't including Jeff you. at the time, didn't bug me. Yeah. <laughs> were like, how could you ship a game in this, in this, at this quality? Um, and I was like, eh. Wait and see. I was like, whatever. I'm good. Like, I hit some bugs. I hit some slowdown. I don't give a fuck. I'm good. And now, two years, three years later, four years later, whatever time is, uh, I'm like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Yeah. Can I also just say I'm so fucking mad at the final boss, what the final boss is? I've seen the final boss. It's It's the fucking worst. It's so fucking bad. I've seen it in the wild. Oh, no, I think you saw, like, a smaller version of it in the wild, right? You didn't see, like, the big final final. Did you? Is that just out there? I thought that was only related to the nukes. There's one event that you can – wait, are we talking about the – but like, there's a big one okay. of those. There's like the regular ones who are around. Then there's like a giant. Okay. We're doing a motion that if I said what I was doing, I'd you be spoiling it. Yeah, we were trying not to spoil it. 
Well, there's one event that you do. Uh, you just fight one. Where you do the scorched waves. Yeah. And there's one. Just flying around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's those are small ones. The big final boss. So this is what the nukes are about in this game. The nukes activate a, they activate a raid space where you have to go in in power armor and in like all rad X'd up to reduce to, to resist the radiation and have a big final fight against whoever the biggest enemy is. Um, and so that is where that goes. Um, that is like such a thing. Wow. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I think that that is like the the weird situation there. Um, it is it is, I don't know, like, I'm just very frustrated by the whole thing at this point and not particularly happy about it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Rob, do you have any final thoughts on Fallout 76? <laughs> just looking at me. So, making a face. I mean, I could I could say more mean things, but, like, at a point, like, you know what I mean? It's. I'm probably going to keep playing it because it is a game that I can play with my brother right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's really the only reason for playing it at this point for me is it is a game that my brother and I can play together that we're both interested in playing. But other than that, I would not be playing it yeah. anymore. Fair. <sighs> Rob, this is not the only World of War. It's not the post-apocalyptic one. There's also the second World War. Talk to me about Battlefield Five V. V for victory. Yeah. Uh, I am still working through my feelings about this game. Um, and I think for the for me the the thing that I'm really struggling with is every Battlefield game has certain similarities, but that makes the differences all the more like salient, I suppose. And one of they, they made a lot of changes with Battlefield Five uh, to make it, I think, a little more just not a, not to a huge degree, but in a lot of little ways to make Battlefield V into a um, more run-and-gun compatible shooter. And that's not really my Battlefield in a lot of ways. Like that's, not, like, that's not what I come to those games for, and my favorite ones haven't really operated this way. Uh, but in a lot of ways, Battlefield V tends to... Um, it tends to sort of funnel you in, into these experience into these experiences, and uh, so with, with Battlefield Five, it, it's all set in the early stages of World War Two, and right away it's got kind of this weird relationship with uh, its setting and history. Uh, you know, it, not historical accuracy, but I don't know. It's its whole theme. Like the game keeps trying to emphasize. Okay, it's like 1939, 1940. Uh, the Germans are rolling across Western Europe. Uh, the the you know the the British and their allies are just collapsing in front of this onslaught. But from the jump, every side has access to the same weapons. Yeah, including really like all the recognizable like late war weapons, like <laughs> the M1 Garand. Uh, you know the like the U.S. Army's standard issue rifle for for World War II. Um, everyone can just use that from, from day one. Like the Germans are invading, you know, Holland in 1940, just running around with like Thompson guns and, <laughs> and M1s. It's weird. And it's a little weird. And I'm not saying I want this game to be, you know, actually, no, I'm, I'm lying. 
I would definitely love it at this game were just a more accessible and more popular like Red Orchestra 2, uh, which is a very like military sim, historically accurate stab at like a, a team shooter uh, set in World War II. But this goes so far in the other direction that it almost makes it stand out more when the game reminds you that like, yo, this is this is World War II. This is right. this is serious business. Um, and so, like every like, if you're playing the grand operations, every mission is sort of Can tied you explain to what, what that is. That's a multiplayer thing, right? I've not fucked with it yet at all. Yeah, uh, and this is probably where a lot of my frustration stems, um, honestly. So, grand operations in Battlefield One, they were they were sort of this attempt to create a larger narrative across even a couple maps, right? So, like uh, famously in uh, in Battlefield One, there was the um, Monte, Monte Grappa uh, map, and then uh, Edge of the Empire map stacked back to back. So, if the Italians successfully attacked through the first map, which is very hard, this Alpine uh, slog, if they attacked through that and, and captured a series of capture points and won the map, they would move to the second map, and you would continue the offensive. Uh, against the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Sure. It was this like really wide sweeping historically situated uh like basically this like it felt like you were okay, you were fighting a war over these maps and it sort of proceeded according to that logic. Ground operations are here in this game. They try to do the same thing. But it feels very much on rails and it mm. also feels like a random grab bag of different game modes in this way that like hey this will entertain everybody. Ah. Some people like some people like conquest. Right. Some people like front lines. Uh, some people like domination. What if we just sort of mix them all together? Uh, you know, in, in a grand operation, and loosely themed it around stuff like the fall of Norway, uh, or right. the, uh, the the fall of Holland. And in my experience, what that has led to is. It's very hard to find a coherent experience in Battlefield. Like, the game doesn't let you just do what you like. It seems to really resist that. Especially, what I found right now is most of the servers rotate through these different maps with these different game modes. Um, I'm not sure I found a one that doesn't do that. So you can't... I have not... I have yet to find... Right, I have yet to find, like, my server that plays, like my rotation of maps that I enjoy in the right game modes. Hmm. Instead, I'm constantly being uh, thrown into these uh, operations. And here's the other weird thing. (laughs) There's eight maps. I played this game for about like 16 hours or so. I have played... uh, I have played the Norway and Rotterdam maps. Like... 80% 80% of the time. Is it like, random which one you get? I don't know why this keeps happening. Like, <laughs> every That's time like I... also kind of a boring map. That's the map that has... Like, there are sections of it I really like. Um... There's like a, a long, there's like a long, not highway, but like causeway that's like next to a river or something that I think is really cool. But it's a bunch of empty. Oh, that's a great map. Twisted Steel? Oh, is, no, I'm thinking of Rotterdam. Rotterdam is the city that has like, 
The, oh, the the elevated rail bridge. Yeah, that part's cool. Yeah, but like that cool. that that map also just has a bunch of empty apartment buildings to run mm-hmm. around in, and there's just like not much to it. So I I would not like to get that map a lot actually. Constantly, possible. you'll be in that mm-hmm. map all the fucking time. Uh, same with Narvik, uh, which is sort of this uh, beachhead assault in, in Norway, and it just feels like uh, it feels like there's something screwed up with matchmaking. Right. Where unless you specifically seek out a server that is currently running one of the other maps, <laughs> it will tr- insert you with whatever the start of the rotation is, mm-hmm. and it's always those maps. So That's so weird. I have seen the other like settings one time in eight, right? Uh, of the times I, I played it, uh, which is too bad because like the Twisted Steel map uh, is is really really cool and, and poses a lot of really different. Uh, challenges, but I think that the big frustration is it just feels like Battlefield Five wants to make sure that there's something for every style of player at all times, and I am having a hard time isolating the version of Battlefield that I prefer. Like, what is that? What is the version that you prefer? Uh. Probably a little more like tactical and objective based. Yeah. Uh, like a little more like line- linear, I would say. So, for instance, I just I cannot stand uh, versions where it's a random spawn and you just keep sort of rolling around the map in a circuit uh, as like spawn con- changes. Conquest basically does that, right? Like yeah. And it leaves me cold. Which is like uh, a capture the area mode. It's like capture and hold this area, basically. Like, there's four or five areas, and then you kind of yeah. spawn on your squad, and you roll in, and you kill people at this place, and then you hold it for a few minutes, and then it's, or if you know, 90 seconds, and then it's like, okay, now go to capture point E. Now go to pack right. capture point A. Mm. And whoever holds the most, whoever holds more of the map, you start reducing the other team's, uh, I forget if it's you're reducing their respawn count or your mm. or your gaining score uh there's there's two there's two modes that handle this differently um but it also just ends up feeling really chaotic because enemies will just spawn in like behind you randomly and yeah you always have to like watch out for that and i generally prefer the more coherent version of battlefield where it's like okay we cleared this sector. Here are your next objectives. Or we lost the sector. We're falling back to the next one. Post up, dig in, and uh, and get ready. Mm-hmm. I've always sort of felt like that's where the structure of the game and the class system tends to shine to the best effect. Yeah. And not so much in these more chaotic, um, deathmatchy type scrimmages. It. There are moments – so I haven't played a Battlefield game in a long time. I didn't get around to Battlefield 1. I really wanted to. I never got around to it. Um, I Probably the last time I actually played one, played one, or like looking at eight years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Like um, like I, I basically skipped three. I skipped four. <laughs> like I have not played a game in the Battlefield mode in a long time. Yeah. Um, mode of first-person shoot. Like you know what I mean? Not yeah, the yeah, Battlefield yeah. mode. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that, that style of game. And I immediately forgot how much I liked it. Like, I actually really enjoy, especially the squad-based stuff, where, like, I'm tightly connected to these three other players. I'm playing as a medic or a support, and I'm constantly helping people out, and I'm constantly, like, trying to figure out where we're going as a unit and feeling like you're moving through city streets or through, you know, um, a burnt-out cinema. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. or whatever as a group does just feel cool and I'm like mad at myself for spending so many time so many years but like, yeah, I'll play this Call of Duty or whatever like right. sure why not uh, it's like I just don't <laughs> enjoy that that type of first person shooting multiplayer stuff at all in comparison so mm-hmm. like I yeah. don't it's not it has not been great mm-hmm. um uh whereas this I like immediately have this I want to have the experience you're talking about, the kind of more linear one. I think that's something that would ex- would really work for me because it helps sell that fantasy of these like two big armies pushing against each other and like the, every little tactical win, every foothold you gain feels important and good and right. you know covering your pal as, as shots come in. Like it does just feel better to me than than playing a game like Call of Duty. Like, I play I've played a bunch of Black Ops Four and I've like had an okay time with it, um, but have not. It like never communicates this feeling of like of wartime anxiety in the same way. This, like, oh, shit, like, stuff is popping off everywhere. It's just not the same feeling. Um, It feels like a sport. It feels like an eSport in comparison to something like Battlefield. Uh, And, like, I want to have the Battlefield experience, not the Call of Duty experience, basically. Um, So I'm going to put more time into it. Obviously, I think it's, it's, like, the settings all look so incredible in a way that I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I'm, I'm always... The uh, the aestheticization of war is such a strange thing, and then as- made especially so when it is a, a deployed equally between allied and Axis powers. Um, mm-hmm. I have not put a lot of time into the single player yet, but like, I, I just don't want to be a, a a German tank commander in North Africa. I just don't want to be one. Yeah. Um, and that's I'm not like throwing. I don't want to be throwing shade on people who have devoted their lives to studying military history and, like, have, by proxy, learned a lot about German tank commanders. But, like, that's not the fantasy I'm here for at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, some of that stuff is weird because it is often handled with this... There's a sort of, like... They're trying to... They, they definitely feels like what I saw the first of World War... Or of Battlefield 1's handling of, like, ah, the horrors of war are universal. The, the feeling that we all have in the trenches, the... The war brings out the best and worst of us, you know, at our greatest, in our greatest hopes, in our lowest, in our lowest depths shit, like, yeah. is everywhere here. Yeah. You know, death comes for us all. And, like, it's not, I'm not saying that it's ignoring the atrocities of World War II. It is saying that those things have happened and, and you know, it is, it is gesturing in that way. But it's making them, like, neat. But, like, when I'm playing a German tank commander or a German pilot, I mean, Rob, you're the one who pointed this out, right? That, like, you don't get to be a fucking pilot without kissing the ring. And without, like, yeah. being a card-carrying Nazi. Like, this is right. not – I'm not talking about the person who was drafted from his farm or whatever. Um, there's also we, – we, we kind of talked about this – we talked about this uh, uh, earlier with, with regard to the way the vaults are set up where it's, like, that Michael Lutz tweet of, like, capitalism is good, actually, because all of my action figures are getting more diverse. Um, yeah. There is, like – you, you you cannot play a person of color as a German. <laughs> Thankfully, they did not go that far. But there's something very strange to me about the, like, oh, well, you could be, like, a woman or a dude in the Nazi. And whatever, you can be whatever type of white Nazi you want, male or female, blonde hair, brown hair. Like, okay. choose the – make the choice that you want here. And there's, like, I – I'm so torn between, like, I'm glad that there are women in this game to play as, but I kind of don't. I don't want that to be appealing on the Nazi side at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. That's this game, I don't think, has resolved the tension that it has. Like, on the one hand, there is a very good case and need to make these games more inclusive and diverse. Yeah. And then there is also the fact that this is literally themed around World War II. And 
anytime you present the Nazi, like, so you like anytime you're like you're Wehrmacht troops, but you know what? You can be Greta. Uh, yeah, that, that's cool. Like, you know, the the German army uh, in the in our world, cool with women in combat roles <laughs> up top. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is, like, no, they very much were not. Like, yeah. that is quite the opposite of of how they rolled until basically the last minute of the yeah. war. But the thing I don't want is the fucking grimy gamer, like, the historical no, accuracy! No, me either. But, like, I think that there's an important... Where we apply our fantasy yeah. and is important. It is yeah. not, right. like, so, you don't just, like, add a dash and be I know, like, Got I just it. don't want them to fucking... No, me either. Well, but, but here's here's okay. So here's the specific example. Like I totally agree. I mean, they do it in this and game. Think, you can only play as like black and Asian characters on the Allied side. You mm-hmm. cannot play as them in the for the Germans. Yeah. Like they so make that funny. cut. When you're in the uh, airborne uh, paratrooper transport, uh, it's the same animation each time, but the language changes. Oh so God. you're like, if you're with the like Falschmjagers. Uh, you're in there and like it's just this random grab bag of people in like all the different uniforms of this game all in this transport but the jump master is speaking german and he's like los 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 <laughs> and so you're like you're a german paratrooper sitting next to like a black dude and across <laughs> from like an asian guy and like the asian guy like gives you the bro fist and pulls you to your feet like you hook on the line and then you go parachute into holland to fuck up a liberal democracy. You gotta, like, you gotta do it, you know? But, like, so I agree, like, the historical accuracy argument is often a smokescreen for, yes. like, maintaining a sort of uh, a, a sort of privilege and promulgating a worldview. Not yeah. only uh, were women, invi- like, are women supposed to be invisible in this space, but it's also kind of making an argument that, and they should remain so moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is also a game where uh so on day three of the rot of the rotterdam map the luftwaffe comes in and carpet bombs the city which they did historically to force the capitulation of uh of the netherlands um and depending on how things are going like if you like this is the other thing how you perform doesn't really affect how these operations is going to go in in battlefield one they took a leap which meant that on some maps, you rarely saw the second map. You rarely Ooh. advanced the... Like, it was just... There was such a bottleneck. You rarely right. saw the next part of the operation. But it made it kind of special when you did break through and, like, you were fighting on new ground. Here, you're going to see that map no matter <laughs> what. And so even if you had rolled over the Allies as the Germans, the Luftwaffe is still going to come in and help you out by bombing the shit out of Rotterdam. Right. And the German voiceover is like, this is excessive. We, we had this under control. This was, this was completely needless. Uh, and and, that's, and, and and so that is a moment where you're sitting there and you put that also next to like the increased diversity of like the Wehrmacht army is represented in this game. And there's an mm. unintentional statement and portrayal being made here, which is that like, you know, really the Wehrmacht... They weren't Nazis. They weren't. They weren't. They hated these war crimes that the Nazis forced yeah, on them. Damn. And Jeez. I don't. And I don't think that's the message that Dice is even no. coming close to, to saying. But there's kind of an accidental, implicit like, well, look, you're the good Germans in this one, right. and gotcha. Storming Rotterdam can be good actually in this. And 
you know, I've been playing war games for years, so yeah. I'm a little bit like inured to this. But the minute you begin tweet, like the minute you begin playing around with the history to make it more palatable and inclusive in some ways, draws attention to the other things you've decided to let pass in right. this game and let pass without comment. And again, like I'm not making the like historical accuracy. No, argument. No, no, no. What Definitely I'm making not. is like you're, when you start playing around with historical accuracy. When you are when you when you recognize one, you should recognize you are playing around with historical accuracy immediately because no depiction is going to be historically accurate. You're going to make certain changes to present a certain fantasy, whether that fantasy is about the strength of tanks in combat, yeah. uh, or is about the way small arms fire works, or what guns are available, or yeah. about the makeup of the of, of the various troops. Like you're you're going to immediately start making a fantasy. Like it is not there is no such thing as a as a hundred percent accurate simulation of anything. Yeah. So good first step, recognize you're doing it. Two, set out what your priorities and goals are. And I think that it's a, a, a an honorable one or a good one to say like we want to make sure people can feel like they are being represented in the games that we make. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that especially you can easily actually make the case that like inside of inside of World War II conflicts, a variety of peoples across gender, across uh, you know across race, across ethnicity and nationality and everything else like fought in the in those in those wars and it is it is better to to risk quote unquote historical inaccuracy to allow some of that representation to take place but i think that for me i i draw that line at like like i'm glad there are not black germans in this game to play as Um, i think that's a that's a good line to have fucking drawn yeah i would have been very upset if going into the character creator i could just be like a black dude who was pro nazi in this game um, because inevitably those videos would come out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the YouTuber would, the, the YouTube community, someone there would be like, I know what I'll do. Fucking dubbing Dave Chappelle over it. Yeah, just, of course. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm glad that does not exist. But it's like one of those things that's like, you have to go, the, the next step past that is like what you just said, Rob. It's like in the effort of trying to make this game palatable for as many people as possible, what is the thing that, what are the, what are the things you are lining up intentionally or otherwise in a way to present a, a vision of this word that yeah. has been that has been kind of cleaned in totally. some way. Um, but one more point, Rob. Then I have to do a meeting. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, I do think it is worth like this. This game does so much of what you do like about this fantasy, Austin. Like the way they have tweaked this to make every squad a little more interdependent. At first, I found it kind of cloying uh, in that in Battlefield One and a lot of other battlefields, you've always sort of been able to go and like solo it a little bit at least uh you could sort of head up into the hills with a machine gun or a rifle and just you know go to work uh here you really do like you need ammunition from your squad mates there needs to be a support guy around you to to restock you with ammunition chances are you're going to need somebody with a uh revival uh syringe to to get you back on your feet if you get hit the cool thing is when you get with a good squad that wants to work together, and that's happened to me a surprising amount playing with randoms uh, because it just seems like the design encourages this culture. Um, people get really chatty in a positive way and you start seeing the game design pieces start, starting to lock together. Yeah, yeah. The recon guy is the only one who has the old school spotting ability where they can like paint targets mm-hmm. and they will appear on your squad mates like radar. Uh, everyone else can only be like, hey, vaguely over in there, that direction, there's enemies. Keep an eye out for that. That doesn't tell you anything. The spotter can actually, like, spot people. Um, The support trooper can build entrenchments faster and, like, sandbag barriers. 
And so when you get in a good when you get in a good groove, you do have that awesome war movie experience, yeah. right? Of like your squad just like running down like a bomb blasted alley, yep. like you know, hitting the dirt, somebody setting up suppressing fire. Someone goes it down, really I run good. up as the medic and I get them back on their feet and they're like, you know, an explosion you know, hits the wall around the corner and everyone backs yeah. out and the smoke is coming. The medics through. are popping smoke right yes, and left, and everyone's totally. running through it. Oh, it's so good. That's a fun one. And when that stuff comes together, especially when a game mode like really encourages, slows down the action a little bit and really encourages that kind of problem solving, um, then it's like, oh, I'm all the way in. Yeah. Battlefield is awesome. Uh, and I'm really curious what's going to happen when the game formally launches. Presumably a lot more like custom servers are going to be available. I'm really hoping that I can just tailor my experience a little more than I've been able to yeah. in this uh, sort of pre-launch week. Are you playing on Xbox or PC? PC. Okay. I should pick it up on PC. Xbox. And we should. Listen, some of us play with controllers because we're noobs. Is that what they call them? Is it noobs? Noobs. So. Anyway, that's going to do it for us today. Patrick had to run because we went very long today. <laughs> a lot of games. Yes. A lot of games. A lot of just games, games out right now. So we'll be back with more games later this week. What do we have? We have uh, First Purge. Is that this week or next the week? Final that's Purge. Next it's not week. a game, Austin. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're talking. Okay. Well, in a. In a sense, it's mm, no. no. Uh, what do we what do we have that's games this week? Uh, nothing. nothing. Nothing else this no, week is games. No more games. We have a Waypoints episode coming up on Thursday, which will be uh, Channel Zero. Um, the Ballad of Black Tom. And then Tom. The Ballad of Black Tom. Mm. We already recorded that. And then I'm going to do a special episode, a quick interview with uh, Ben McCook, who is the host of Motherboard's new podcast, Cyber. Uh, and we'll drop that in the feed probably on Wednesday. So yeah. look forward to that. Um, until then... Let's shout outs to Bowen for letting us use Miss You, EP Pale Machine. More about that, waypoint.zone slash B O E N. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, Austin underscore Walker. Natalie? At Natalie Watson. Rob? At Rob Zachney. Cotto? At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. As always, you can find everything we do, waypoint.vice.com, twitter.com slash waypoint. I need a, an outro line. Again, Danielle's not here. Shit. God damn it. Peace. <laughs> Give Air 43 is overpowered okay. and shouldn't even exist it shouldn't at that be. point. Yeah, it's not doesn't make sense to be there. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good one. Peace. We run to this. <laughs> <laughs>